Welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast. And when you listen to this, there'll be only a few sleeps left until the start of the Rugby World Cup. Rugby's biggest festival is almost upon us and we're going to be previewing each group. We're going to talk through hopefully every team today and maybe make one or two sneaky predictions as well. Um, before we get started, we just want to also just give um, a, an opportunity for just to say, to give a, an announcement from the Rugby Bits side. And look, we appreciate all the support that um, has been shown to Rugby Bits over the past few months. And we have such a privilege being able to interact with fans and have people that enjoy our podcasts and our articles. We never really thought that this would be a thing when we started this, but it's been really cool to grow the support. And, you know, with the Rugby, Rugby World Cup coming up, we would like just to have an opportunity just to ask people for financial support that can help us just to continue to produce all the podcasts that we can and to keep it at the content at a good standard. So we have a Kofi link um, um, in our link tree uh, you can access when you get out to our podcast and you can pledge to donate anything. So whether it's just the price of a cup of coffee, whether it's something bigger, whether it's a monthly one or one-off, it doesn't matter. Anything that can help us just to keep on producing the content that, you know, we all enjoy producing and you can hear from, from us as well. I won't confirm or deny if it's also an appearance fee for Jared and Cooks, but we can talk about that later. But yeah, anything that can help with um, just producing the content that, you know, we know that you enjoy and we can all be part of this community as well. So thank you so much. And hopefully we can get that going in future. Jared, yeah, so we, I, I hope I don't let the cats get out the bag about your appearance fee in the podcast now. Yeah, Tzala, uh, let's not lie to the public. We just All we know is that this money is definitely, definitely not going towards getting Cooks back to Stamford Bridge. Like, it's definitely not happening. That's that's <laughs> damn straight where it's not going. And, we, and we're also not funding him a trip to Bath to go watch Finn. That's guaranteed. That one's guaranteed. <laughs> that one, I can assure you, is definitely not going to happen. <laughs> we are definitely not doing that. We are also definitely not taking Jared to the next Springbok All Blacks game. But other things we can't confirm <laughs> for now. But yeah, let's get to the serious stuff. And today we're joined probably by one of the most illustrious guests we've had, I think, in, in rugby, but for, for in our history. So we have Sam Roberts. He is a commentator for the Premiership. Um, he's, he's usually there with the broadcasting. He also writes for Rugby Pass as well. And he's here to increase the rugby IQ on this, um, on this <laughs> panel by quite a lot today. So, uh. and you might know Sam as the person that does all those, I don't know what you call them, the rugby squares, the yeah. player squares. What do you want to call it there, oh, Sam? It, it was a very weird night that I just started to think about that and I put that out on Twitter. And then, of course, like all great Twitter things, the stuff that you don't want to become big becomes really big. <laughs> and the stuff that you really want to fly doesn't fly at all. Uh, yeah, rugby squared, where where I, I was thinking about players and putting club journeys together and I had guessed the play, guessed the connection between the four players as well. I had all that going on. No, honestly, uh, can we go back to the fact that I'm quite a serious, you know, commentator on broadcaster <laughs> and writer? Because <laughs> that sounds a lot better than than just some Twitter dork who's uh, who's making up stuff on uh, online. But anyway, yeah. Hey, you know what? It's really good to be here. As soon as uh, you reached out, uh, as soon as we connected, I was I was very keen. I, I love following. Uh, what you guys do online and uh, you know I'm, it's not a surprise that you've been well received you mentioned it there in your uh, in your build-up it's not a surprise because you, you guys know what you're talking about generally 
uh, you, you're, you're generous, you're, you're understanding, you're open, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're everything that's good about rugby Twitter. Uh, there are some bad bits, but you're everything that's good. So I'm not surprised that people are tuning in and, 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 and coming along for the ride and, and, and fair play to you. Well done, boys. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, yeah, that's really nice for me to say. The first uh, few coffee uh, donations we'll get to, we'll definitely make sure that you get your payment. Uh, that was more than what we expected. We really appreciate that. Uh, well, 100% of nothing is still nothing, isn't it? So, you know, there we go. <laughs> no, that's good. No, Sam, thank you so much. Um, obviously, you can also just broaden our uh, knowledge and understanding of yeah, all these 20 teams that we're going to be discussing today. Sam, yeah, what are your plans for the Rugby World Cup? Are you going to be able to make a trip to France? Are you going to be watching it from home mostly? Yeah, mostly. Uh, other responsibilities I have mean that I'm, mm. I, I'm tired from, from home. Obviously, uh, it being in France, uh, you know, a lot of the timings work very well for me. A lot of the games are spread over the weekend and in the evenings. And and I'm looking forward to following it. Uh, yeah, there, there has been talk of potentially getting uh, over to France, but... I don't think it's going to quite work itself out, but um, my goodness, I'm I'm never going to be too far away from <laughs> from a screen uh, mm. whilst whilst the rugby's on because um, it's so intriguing. I mean, I, I've been doing a lot of you know back home. I suppose the other thing is a, a lot of my work also revolves around businesses are doing a lot of rugby world cup stuff. Um, you know, clubs are doing a lot of rugby world cup stuff. I'm doing breakfasts, I'm doing dinners, I'm doing things like that. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of hosting, a lot of MC work, uh, a lot of question and answer sessions for, 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 for clubs and for businesses and for people. So, so I'm, I'm quite busy. Rugby world cup is, is generating a fair amount of talk and a fair amount of business for me. So I'm just, I'm just delighted. And, and I cannot, I cannot wait for it to start on Friday night and I still can't quite believe <laughs> that we're going to start with France versus New Zealand. And I, I was recently, and I didn't realize this, and I don't know if you realize this, France get to choose yeah. who they play in their first game, and they chose the All Blacks. That, that, that is taking it out, isn't it, and putting it on the table. I mean, metaphorically, if you think mm. I know what, you know what I mean, that is mm. putting it on the table and saying, how's about them? You know, and and that and that for me says a lot about how France will will go into this this whole tournament, and that's why I don't think that you can really have a conversation. I know we'll have lots of conversations about who we think is going to win, but I don't think you can actually have a conversation without some serious discussion around France because I think they're in the mood. I think I know they've had a couple of injuries, well, a few injuries now that have hampered their team, but they've got they've got a bit of strength in depth. They've got people coming in. I think. I think we're going to find out a lot on Friday night about just how good a team France are. Mm. No, I think you're right. And a lot of teams, they always need that adversity. It doesn't matter what uh, yeah. sport it is. And France have been dealt their adversity up front right in the beginning of the uh, of the tournaments. And they probably set up that all-black game as, as their little bit of adversity four years ago already. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's brilliant that they've decided that they hit in this World Cup with a bang. And yeah, I can't re I can't remember a World Cup with a bigger opening match than no. France I mean, versus New Zealand. And I'm right. I think it could be the final. They they could they could separate themselves and then meet again in the final. Is that right? Is that yeah. is that how the polls work? Yeah. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, any World Cup final is possible. But uh, yeah, that in that sense that that will happen pretty much that's that yeah. side of the pool will 
could go to the final. I realise what I've just said there. I realise I realize what I've just said there could be the final. And there's a lot of <laughs> Springbok fans going, no, it won't be. <laughs> so, I realise that who I'm bits. talking to. Sorry about that. <laughs> Rule number one of rugby bits, make sure that you give due respect to the Springboks. Otherwise, uh, you lose like 90% of our listenership. I know, I know. No, no, we will do that. We'll definitely do that. <laughs> let, me, let me know when I when I press play on the, uh, yeah, the, the, the soliloquy that I've got about the Springboks. So don't you worry about that. <laughs> Tala, yeah. it's funny you say okay. that. Eh? Uh, I think we're number one in Switzerland, so we need to make sure that we like, make we stay on the right Ooh. side of this uh, of the Swiss. <laughs> yeah. uh, to- Toblerone's at the ready. Okay, let's go. Maybe we sit on the fence too much. That's why. But uh... <laughs> that might be saying something. Actually, that's why we 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 were number one over there. Look, um, Sam and Jan, you've actually probably led us into now talking about Pool A. Obviously, that's where we start. We have Friday night's big clash between New Zealand and France. Jared, I think you're right in saying there hasn't been a bigger opening game. I think the only one that might rival it is the South Africa versus Australia game in 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got obviously the constant dominant threat of New Zealand and you've got France who have probably been, if not Ireland, then they've been probably the most consistent team in the last four years. And yeah, um, Sam mentioned the injuries that they have. They don't, they, they, won't, they won't have Roman Tamak for the World Cup and Paul Willemser um, was ruled out this week. Um, you have Cyril Bay and uh, Jonathan Dante that are out for the game as well. Chad, talking about those injuries and just working around that, um, either for obviously the whole tournament or for some games um, with Bay and uh, Dante, how do you think France will, will work around that? Yeah, I, I think uh, the only position that would have been worse for them to lose a player would be at scrum off. Like if they lost Dupont, then that would be like crucial. Like that would be a tournament killer. But yeah, I, I think they've got great replacements uh, available for all those players. Um, I think Arthur Vincent will come in at, at 12 for uh, Dante. They might move Fiku into 12 and play uh, Vincent out at outside but they're pretty much the same or similar style players but yeah Dante I think is a massive blow for them and they will have a relatively different uh, approach to the game with without him in the team um, but yeah they've also got a Yaliba who is phenomenal and probably looked like the guy to partner uh, Dupont before Intermac uh, really like knocked it out of the park and took control of that jersey. So he gets his chance. And, yeah, like I said, I think uh, there's a lot of emotion that will go into France's game. And I think that might be where uh, things could get ugly for them if they if they don't control those in general that properly. So I, th- I think it's going to be very interesting. They've definitely got the depth to uh, cover for those injuries. Um, but they are hammer blows. And by the looks of it, New Zealand will also have their fair share of injuries. Uh, from what I can see is doubts over Geordie Barrett and Jason Ryan pretty much said that uh, Tyrell Lomax won't be coming for the first game because it's just, uh, I think he said it was 30 odd stitches that he got from that uh, Springbok game on his leg. Extraordinary injury, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you, you just see the, uh, like he, he rolls out of that ruck and you just see the whole gash yeah. in his leg. It, it was nasty. I know. Yeah, like you also just are worried about how sharp these um, blades are on the on the boots now. If that can cause mm. that much damage to to someone's um, leg there, because 
Yeah, it, it, I thought when he went down, he might have twisted something, but obviously we saw the big gash and it's just like, what has happened here? So, yeah, not too surprised that Lomax won't be making it for Friday's game. Uh, I, I think uh, Jared hits the, the, the nail on the head there, really, in, in so much as both those sides are a little bit hamstrung by potentially people they might leave out. But they've both got replacements who are going to be more than fitting. I mean, the Jalibert thing is really interesting because actually when they were growing up and when they were sort of under 19, under 20, it was actually Jalibert who, who was in front of Intermac. And mm-hmm. he, he was the guy who, who was going to be the future. And, and there was so much being said about him. And, you know, he was, he was being fated as, 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 as a real, you know, uh, world name. And he got injured. And Intermac sort of leapt into his his his, his sort of position, uh, or his his place, as you were, and the, and then obviously has gone from strength to strength. So Matthew Jalibert has been has been waiting, hmm? and he's been waiting for an opportunity. And all of a sudden, the greatest opportunity has been handed him with a home World Cup. And it's just it's just weird. I find these things are often very, you know, I, I love love the romantic element of it all, but it, it's just it's just strange to think that Jalibert obviously was unseated early on and has had to sit out and watch and and not really get his chance. And now he's gonna get the biggest chance of all. And he's a hell of a player. Yeah. You know, actually when you watch that game against Australia, he he was putting people away. He was crossfield kicking. He looked he looked to the man and born. He didn't look mm-hmm. as though he was someone who wasn't uh, uh, an international ten. So I don't think that I, I I don't think that will strike them as 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 a loss as much as potentially it could have been previously. And in fact, there's a there's a piece by Stuart Barnes in the Times in the UK uh, today or yesterday or, or today saying actually just the slightly different feel that he brings and the slightly different. Do we want to call it swagger that Intermac mm. has? Jalibert doesn't quite have that. And maybe that that providence, maybe that sort of uh, that element of just um, not quite playing so much on the front foot. I mean, Intermac, yeah, that, the, which was it? Uh, what game was it? Was it against the All Blacks where he, yeah. where he ran from his own line? And, yes. and you know, yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's, there's something that says that maybe, weirdly, that Jalibert might be just a slightly, uh, slightly more reserved, not much, but just slightly more reserved player. And maybe that will play into the French hands. We, we shall have to see. So, so what I always say about Intermec is he's a serial killer. Like if he wasn't a rugby yeah. player, he'd be a serial killer. He's got this like psychopathic look about him that but it, it, it sounds like a terrible thing to say, but no matter what's going on around him, he doesn't get flustered. He doesn't, doesn't look no. like he ever switched during a game. Like he just goes out there and he does, a, does his thing. Do you, and it comes you know what you mean time. there, Jared? You mean he looks, he looks like he can get away with it. That's yeah. what you mean by that. That that sort of psychopathic. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get away with this, yeah. and and I'm gonna do it because I can get away. And you're absolutely right. There is something about him that 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 makes him feel as though he's 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 a cut above every single other person. You're absolutely right. I had never thought about that before, but you're absolutely right. He can get away with it. <laughs> yeah. Look, and I mean, even on the other positions, you have um, Reda Wardi is gonna probably come in for Cyril Bay until he comes back at at loose head. Jean-Baptiste Gros has come back um, mm. in the last few months into the French team. Uh, you've mentioned Vincent, who's going to possibly come in, or Yarm Mumfana, who's probably more of a like-for-like replacement for Dante. So, I mean, yeah, having those sorts of replacements, you know, France probably has, you know, 
maybe apart from the Springboks, like the probably the biggest depth um, pool in the world for all their players. So they they should be able to negotiate this. And when we look into the other big team that's going to be they're going to be facing on Friday, Sam. You know, the All Blacks have had a very interesting last 12 months. I mean, mm. let's say 13 months ago, Ian Foster was about to be fired, and then they won in, at, in Johannesburg. And then they went on this amazing run of nine or 10 unbeaten games, yeah. and it looked like, oh, they could be favorites now. And then yeah. Friday night happened at Twickenham yeah. where all the old um, ghosts came back. Like, where, where, where's your mind at about, you know, what, who, who or what are these All Blacks at the moment? Well, so I did an event last week with um, uh, a former England player called Mike Tyndall, who said, um, yeah, the All Blacks were just seeing what South Africa would do. That's what it all was on Friday night. It's all in control. They were just, <laughs> they were just sort of seeing how South Africa would play. And I was like, my God, they've got some rep, haven't they? These All Blacks can convince anyone, <laughs> a really poor display, they can convince people like Mike Tindall <laughs> that it was all on purpose and everything's okay because it's all part of the master plan. I mean, I don't know. You, you, uh, and, and I suppose this links into my thoughts about them. They, they can't get it wrong twice in a row. So you, you're thinking maybe that was, you know, the... the, the, the the bashing that they took, maybe that means that they are going to be in a slightly different place and, and play slightly differently. Uh, I mean, France are a, France are a very different uh, outfit to South Africa. They're going to play. And I suppose a question, which I don't, I, I don't know the answer to this, where, where is France versus New Zealand going to be played? Where, where is it going to be won? Where, where, where in the field are the battles? I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is kind of everywhere. But, but is, it, is, it, is it a game that... The, that occupies a certain channel, a certain area. I mean, Dante's gone, so does that mean that that channel potentially is not explored by the French, which means that they, I don't know. Jared, what do you think about that? Where Where's that game being played? Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing we need to address is that uh, we're going to have to tag Mark Tindall in a, a few more Ches and Colby um, <laughs> trial videos. Like every time Ches and Colby does saying awesome, we have to, as South Africans, tag Mark uh, Tindall in it because uh, he, had, he had a little shot and says he still can't, he hates seeing it. So uh, uh, that's the first takeaway that we need to sort out. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think if especially if New Zealand are losing Barrett as well, that twelve channel is going to be a little bit less. Uh, there's going to be a yeah. lot less traffic going down there for both teams. Um, so, but I think it, it, the big, big battle will be the kicking battle between the two teams, and I yeah. think we sort of saw that the last time they met. And uh, I, I, I think whoever wins the tactical kicking battle will probably win the game. Um, both teams will be looking to starve one another of a quick ruck ball because both of them are lethal off of it. Uh, And both of them are lethal off of turnover ball and counter-attacking. So I think a lot of it will be down to who kicks better. Sever will be interesting, won't it, at the breakdown? Yeah, that will be phenomenal. I'm a massive Charles Onivon fan. Mm. (laughs) Only when he's not playing against the Springboks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah if i'm france i'm playing absolutely through the middle like uh, that's mm. where they beat up the all blacks in that um game two years ago and they just kept with their pick up and goes and france has that mode of playing where they just literally do pick up and goes and do offloads just around the ruck mm, and it's uh, 
Aldred picking up, then he gets it to Dupont. Dupont somehow figures also in the middle of a ruck. He gets a, yeah. bit, a bit of go forward and they just overwhelm you. And then obviously you have 15 players within like 20 meters of space. And then obviously the likes of um, Pinot and Jalibé and everyone can dance from there. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably also a big place to see if the All Blacks, if the All Blacks forwards come like they did on the Friday game and, you know, their hiding tactics or whatever Mike Tyndall said, um, <laughs> then they, they're definitely not going to win against um, the French because, you know, in some ways, there's a lot of similarities between how the Springboks and the French play and especially with the power uh, that they can have up front. And yes, they don't have Paul Willems uh, and... I'm sure Taufe Fenua is going to probably play a lot more minutes mm. than he might have. Um, and they don't have Bai, but Wardi was obviously great for La Rochelle. So I don't expect the approach to change that much. I also mm. expect maybe Morfana is going to be playing at 12 instead of um, Arthur Vincent because he's someone that can, I mean, not as good as Dante, but he's someone that can just give go forward board. And mm. he's a bit more dynamic than maybe, you know, like some other crash ball 12s are. but. Yeah, he'll keep Jordy Barrett busy if if he's if he's playing on on, on, Saturday, on Friday. So, yeah, I can see that being um, being the way. Um, Sam, you you said earlier possibly that could this could be the final. Is it important? Uh, is 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 winning on Friday important for either one of the teams, or is it one of those things that like the Springboks in twenty nineteen they can pick up themselves and still win the tournament? Uh, yeah. Because bizarrely, the toughest match they could play is the quarterfinal, isn't it? Mm. So, so, and and quite frankly, do do you even give any thought to to playing Ireland or or the Springboks? Uh, I mean, it's yeah, it's. It, I definitely think both of these teams, France, probably would find it easier with home support to get back on the horse if they get beaten. Um, and and the Springboks are, are obviously occupy a a seat in World Rugby, which you know <laughs> allows them to 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 find it again, and and they certainly have the personnel to potentially turn it around. But I mean, as I say, that the the most difficult thing is trying to work out who you want to play in the quarterfinal. Do you want to play Ireland or the Springboks? And 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 you know, New Zealand can't fancy Ireland of late. Um, and they don't fancy the spring, but I, I, it's it's utterly utterly fascinating that part of of, of how they are and what they go for. <laughs> Once they get past the quarterfinal, semi-final and final should be easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's 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 a bit of an odd one, isn't it? It's a bit of a strange one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think both. I think both teams. To answer your question, I think both both teams. If 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 either one loses, they can they can certainly get back on the horse. And you know, England showed it back in two thousand and seven. They got absolutely whammed, didn't they, in the first game, and then made the final with not even a very good team. And I don't think France or New Zealand are in are in the England two thousand and seven doldrums. So I, I think I think most definitely to answer your question, yes, one hundred percent, they can both they can both get back on the horse and and go long and deep into this tournament. I, I think uh, it's one of those media cliches that the coaches and players will throw at you and say, no, you just take it week by week and you don't worry about the quarterfinals. It, it, I think it really is that at this stage, like, mm. especially with the way the schools are set up that you literally yeah. just have to win every game that's in front of you. Don't worry yeah. about, don't worry about what's happening in the other pool and just, no. you just drive yourself insane. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the rest of this pool because it, Arguably, might be some say it's the easiest pool to predict 
from number three to number five. So let's start with Italy. Obviously, we've seen Italy's rise mm. in the last few years. We know how good their underage rugby has been in the last few years. We see the talents that are coming out and are looking like they're going to, you know, really shake up the rugby world in the next few years. Is this maybe a year too early for them? Or, I mean, that final game against France, mm. if France loses this game, there's a chance there, is there? Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's difficult with Italy because um, I, I think there is a little bit of a shake-up, especially with uh, uh, Kieran Crowley going out and whether that uh, like ramps up the Italians a little bit more or if it uh, has put a bit of a dowie in their camps. But we, it's, we seem to have forgotten that uh, this Italy team kept the All Blacks scoreless for 40 minutes. Yes, the yeah. All Blacks went and rampaged them in the second, but I, th- I think they could potentially uh, pull up a, a shock in this pool. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult to see them doing it against against France or New Zealand, but I, th- I think it's entirely possible. Crazier things have happened in this World Cup, but yeah, it, it might be a it might be a World Cup too soon. But who knows? Like I say, crazier things have happened at World Cups. I, I'd agree, Jared. I mean, I, I think that um, we we have there have, there will be an upset in this World Cup. There's oh, no two ways about it. Of course. Um, um, but is it is it is it is it is it a World Cup too early for it? I I I, I want more than anything Italian rugby to go uh, strong and go and make a really good account of itself in this World Cup. I I, I would be. I'd be devastated to 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 see them, you know, sort of because there's been so many daft conversations about, you know, wanting to sort of get rid mm. of them and, and and replace them or whatever. But they they are so much has been done with them, and they're in such a good potential position, as you say, with their age grade rugby. Everything is looking up, so I really would hope that they are there. They are in a tough group, but they can they can make a good account of themselves. And as you say. Just the way that it works, maybe that game against France uh, could be could be something that they can shoot at. They've got the personnel. They've got um, they've got uh, they, they've they've got a front up and they've got mm. a front up forward wise and and they've they've got to pr- pr- provide a platform because they've got mm. the backs. They've they've got the finishers. They've got the people who they've got the, the, the creativity. You just got to wonder whether or not you know they're going to get pushed around the park by some of the tier ones or traditionally sort of larger. Mm bigger sides um yeah but again uh, i think i think italy um you know uh what's the 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 game is it italy uruguay ah, that's an mm. interesting one as well yeah um i, and, I wouldn't and, draw uruguay out there hey no yeah yeah, yeah and and that's and that and you're talking about upsets you know theoretically what's that wednesday afternoon you know leave leave work early get get yourself back for that one that could be <laughs> absolutely cracking it really could um yeah, so it's 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 going to be and again another side uruguay they 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 sh- they they have to they should really be be laying a marker down these these huh? southern uh, south american sides should be laying markers down in this world cup and saying you we need to take them more seriously as well that's what i hope happens i think i hope everyone i hope that from the you know the 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 the, the, the lesser sides i don't want to call them tier you know, tier two sides, yeah, I yeah. suppose. I want them to make a good account of themselves because I want rugby to be in a really good shape for everyone to go, you know what, we, this is a great sport and we need to get, we need to get, you know, behind everyone. Um, and World Rugby have put a lot of money into it, credit where credit's mm. due. They put, put a lot of money into Chile, into Uruguay, in, into these into these nations. They've sent a lot of coaches out there. Um, so, you know, I think 
I think that's it's going to be an interesting group, most certainly. I, I yes, it is perhaps the easiest one to call as far as first and second, but the, the rest and I don't. I'm afraid I'm, my my Namibian rugby knowledge is is not great, so I'm not going to pass too much comment on them. But I'm sure they will come with with all the the relevant, you know, sort of. Uh, will and 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 mm. and and firepower that they can muster so I, I i would have thought this is going to be another great group to have a watch of yeah i, I you spoke about namibia quickly there but uh they've also never won a rugby world cup match so uh i yeah. I, I ran into torsten van Jarsvelt uh in japan for the 2019 world cup and uh yeah, i can't remember which game oh, they were playing against South africa obviously um and he didn't play against the springboks and he said to me, no, they, they're putting all their concentration into Canada and they want to beat Canada. Mm. They want to that's the, they yeah. want to grab their first World Cup win. And that match of against course. Canada was one of the uh games that Typhoon uh Hagavis took out. So they didn't oh. get to they didn't get to play that game against Canada. So I think they'll they'll definitely uh pick out another another match. Um during the Uruguay, Uruguay, you'd hope you'd you'd, yeah. you'd you'd say that that's that's the one that they're going to be aiming at. God, that's going to be a cracker as well. Yeah, mm. there we go. I I think this uh, pool <laughs> is a lot more interesting uh, once you mm. once you sort of take France and New Zealand out of the equation. Like it, it mm. is interesting between who's going to finish top between those two. But when you have a closer look at the other two, uh, the other three teams in it, it, it's certainly a bit more interesting than it's probably given credit for. Agreed. Yeah, there's a lot of um, that meme of like everyone just holding guns at each other and yeah. sort of yeah. waiting for the other one to fall, basically. Yeah, look, I, I, I would say that it's more, more than likely going to be Italy 3, Uruguay 4, Namibia 5. I mean, Namibia's form before um, mm-hmm. the warm-ups wasn't really good. They Mm-mm. just barely beat um, Chile um, in a warm-up where they sort of made a good comeback, but otherwise it hasn't been great. Uruguay has looked um, a lot better. They also had a Epic match against Chile um, from all accounts. It seemed like it was ding-dong basically until the end. And they came through. Yeah, and Italy, you know, they've had some great attacking rugby. They are, I think, with Scotland, we'll talk about them a bit in a bit. They're the two teams that are like, give us those pools C and Ds. We could have topped those pools probably quite easily. <laughs> so they are kicking themselves at the, they don't have the opportunity to, to get their first win over England. And yeah, I think the only thing about Italy is, for big games, as we saw in the Six Nations, if they are still going to do that, we're not going to kick thing that they did in the Six Nations. <laughs> They're going to get absolutely slaughtered by New Zealand yeah. and France. But yeah, yeah I can see a, a France, yeah, a very close France game, and, and it could be quite tense. So maybe for France, especially just to make sure that final pool game is more of a formality, uh, an opening day win would would put things on on the road, and for people that maybe aren't familiar with them. Santiago Arata, he's the scrum off for Uruguay. He's Antoine Dupont, if you can't afford Antoine Dupont. Like, he's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And so I think he'll definitely catch some eyes. You, you say that, eh? and um, there's there's rumors going about with uh, Antoine Dupont um, taking a sabbatical from the 15-man's game after the World Cup so that he can play um, the in the Olympics for France. Olympics. And take a bit of a break. And... Santiago Arata is the man that Toulouse have on the top of their shortlist <laughs> as his mm. replacement during that period. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, unsurprising. Yeah, unsurprising. Yeah, he he's he is a hell of a talent. And Castres, they actually uh, 
people sort of forget, but uh, before Dupont was a Toulouse star, he was uh, browsing bullshit, incredibly talented 19-year-old playing for Castres, giving uh, giving Leinster shit, and he was linking up with Rory Cockett out of all people. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Pool A is going to be yeah. very exciting, as, as the two gents have, have discussed. So let's move on to Pool B. That is the one with South Africa in it. And it's South Africa, the number one team in the world. Ireland is in there. And the number five team in the world, Scotland, is in there. Officially the strongest pool that's ever pulled in, um, in a World Cup. And then for good measure, we have Tonga with, you know, returning Australian and New Zealand stars in, the, in, in that team as well. And Romania finishing up the teams. Um, I'll start with you, Sam, as a bit more of an uh, unbiased outsider. Maybe let's just talk about the Springboks here and you can sort of launch into your soliloquy here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there's two... I mean, the Springboks have timed it quite well because also similarly to New Zealand, a month ago, they were the ones that people had questions on and we weren't sure about their first team. And, you know, there was... It looked a bit confused as to what type of style they're going to play. And now, you know, two two warm-up games later, and they look like they're well on their way, and they look very, 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 like, imperious at the moment. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, uh, they, they have timed it uh, superbly. Um, and, you know, they are... They are basically the guys to beat they they have the game plan to beat as well um they have even managed to upset uh the kiwis by bringing seven forwards onto the pitch at once which i thought was just an absolute masterstroke uh that was really funny that you know you've got that element of you know doing your stuff really well that that the new zealanders start to whine about it uh you know you must be doing well if that's happening um, you know, I, 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 I really cannot see when you sit down and you get your pad and your pencil out and you, you look at all the players and you, you plan it all out in front of you, you can't see anyone else winning but South Africa. Obviously, it's a knockout tournament and things go wrong. And, you know, a game of rugby is played with an odd-shaped ball that never quite bounces the way that you want it to. But even so, you know, even... Even the uh, the the situation at halfback seems to have worked itself out. Um, you know, Andre Pollard was being seen as you know a dramatic and terrible and horrible loss, um, and yet that 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 mood or that noise has quietened a little bit, and we're all sort of relatively happy with where that's going and what's going on with that. So, you know, I I think it's. I think it's fantastic. I think I think it's I think it's really good. Um, I, I can't yeah I can't, I can't really see. There's no there's no real holes in it. You know you know even uh, you know to see princely players like Willie Larue doing what he's doing and and you know I just I like I like it. I, li- I like the way that the, that it's shaped up and I, I I cannot as you say rugby's a strange game. Odd things happen. But when you sit down and think about it, you can't really see too many people. I mean, it's it's desperate for Ireland because really <laughs> they've been playing some of the best rugby they've ever played over the last four years, and really they should be they should be in a as good a place as they possibly can be. Uh, and Scotland are playing the most entertaining rugby that they've ever played. 
So that's that's shocking. You know, if they were in England's group, Scotland, I mean, they, they'd be making the final. There's no two ways about it. But it, it's 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 such a it's they are such. You use the word imperious, and it's exactly the right word. They are imperial. They are stood on the chessboard, six inches taller than any other piece <laughs> in there, and that and that is everyone else on the chessboard is looking at them. And that's and that's the way they've chosen to go into World Cup. You wouldn't want to enter World Cup any other way. Yes, a tournament is a strange place and strange things happen and knockout rugby is odd, but you would not want to be anywhere else in South Africa or is right now. Jared, let's force you to be a little bit on the negative side then because Sam has basically rendered us useless to <laughs> sing the praises of the box. So, I mean, if Sam's saying all of this and it's obviously all true, why have the Springboks just kept a just over sixty percent win record in the last three years? And you know, is you know they did. I mean, just over a month ago, get thrashed by New Zealand themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the, the the holes there that you know Scotland and Ireland can look at? Yeah, I think if you want to talk about the record of the last four years, it's a low, I sort of sound like a broken record, but that uh, that. 13 test matches that we lost in 2020 um, sort of sped up a whole lot of plans. And when you're trying to build depth, you have to do it in the right kind of way so that if you want to build depth depth and carry on winning, you have to do it with um, a, a whole lot of games and like do it slowly and over time. And after losing 13 test matches, that's 13 opportunities that you could have given a, a player a, a chance to prove himself. So... Yeah, I, I, I even pulled out um, that Wales game that we lost in Bloemfontein. And I think uh, out of the match day uh, 15, the starting 15, I think only seven players from that loss in Bloemfontein have made it in the World Cup squad. So, yeah, you, you look at that loss like that, that one we can sort of like scrape off because they wanted to know, learn something from, from that game. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think... Uh, when you look at Scotland and Ireland, um, they will have to be very ruthless um, to break down the Bork defence. Like, if you get a chance, you have to take it. And you have to uh, sort of outsmart them or front them up when in the pack. Like, I, I saw it with Scotland when they played Georgia uh, this past weekend. I fully expected Georgia to give them a rinse in that scrum, t- uh, scrum time. And surprisingly, it was Scotland that that rinsed them. Like they were dominant in the scrum, mm. and you don't often see that to a Georgian side. So they've definitely put the hard work in in the scrums. And for a team like Scotland, it's going to be essential that they are sharp in the scrums and sharp at line out. And I think when you look back at what South Africa did to New Zealand at Twickenham, a lot of it was um, South Africa playing to their strengths. But there was a lot of good analytical work done by the the coaches for that game to break down New Zealand, find their soft spots. So I think if you if you're going to be able to beat the Hawks, you need to realise that they're going to be looking at your soft spots and they're going to look to exploit them as well. Are you more worried about Scotland than you are about Ireland? Uh, just because it's the first game, I think that's that's sort of where my my worries. Uh, start with that one i think we can beat ireland i really do um uh, i'm more confident against ireland than i am against scotland and like i said maybe it's just because it's it's in a few days time and it's not uh in a couple of weeks time so uh, yeah ask, ask me the same question when we play <laughs> against ireland 
after we've after we've beaten <laughs> well, Scotland. Okay. Well, I, no, but but it's a fascinating point that you put out about about. I mean, I, I hadn't. I saw it myself, and I thought it at the time, but I hadn't really reflected on it. You know that that um, set piece display against Georgia was was very emphatic, and you're right. I mean, what Scotland do have, which potentially uh, Ireland don't, is is that they 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 have a man with his hand on the tiller who <laughs> who will go wherever he pleases, and and that's that's worrying. That's going to be worrying for a side mm. like South Africa, as opposed to Ireland. So. I, yeah, yeah. You see, I, I I picked out South Africa Ireland as the game for this group. The, the game for this group. Maybe maybe it's on. Is it on Saturday or Sunday? Maybe it's maybe it's there. Yeah, Sunday. Maybe it's South Africa Scotland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So All like right. Scotland starts at the uh, second choice um, props against Georgia. So those are the guys that will probably be coming off the bench. They had Jamie Batty and Vipianal start in the game. So I, I, I'd imagine they'll drop to the bench and they've got Pierce Kuman and. Uh, and Sunder Ferguson starting the game, so yeah, <laughs> they've got just to clarify here, they've got Vepinel and Schumann. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Are you? Are, that sounds as though the, the South Africa. You're trying, yes. to, you're trying to claim I'm some sort of point here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, those are um, people from the Highlands there that have deep heritage. They do this yeah, look, I think Sam makes a good point, Jared. Like, Scotland are the agents of chaos, and really that first weekend game could put a scupper into plans there because there is a situation mm. where, you know, Scotland gets a win over Ireland, and maybe it's going to be one of those where Scotland beats South Africa, South Africa beats Ireland, Ireland beats Scotland, and then it's a, a race for points difference and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it really could be thrown into a lot of chaos by by, you know, the end of Sunday, um, Sunday evening. Um, mm. I think Scotland, to answer your question, Sam, I think Scotland have a, a, a 10, 12, 13, well, a backline combination that can really yeah. test the Springbok defensive structures because yeah. of just the, obviously, we know how Finn Russell can Finn Russell, but I think especially Sioni Tupelo to being, you know, the one player that can run, kick, and pass pretty much from 12 yeah. and do yeah. that all pretty well. like. He gives such he gives so much threat, and he's someone that I'm sure the Springbok defenders will be giving a lot of attention to. And once he does pass, you know, if it's going to Finn, or if it's going to Hugh Jones or Dion Finn Merva, like that, you know, he's throwing it to someone that's that's going to be a big threat. So yeah. there are some things where you and see some moves that Scotland is doing. You you're looking at them, saying, okay, they're trying to isolate the number thirteen, and then going as wide as quick as possible. So yeah. if Russell can, you know, keep the if. Number one, obviously, the forwards have to stand up and we have to see how they do against the Springbok pack. And obviously, that's easier said than done. But once, if they get that platform and if those three-second racks are happening, Scotland have shown in the last like eight, nine months that if they can get a succession of you know less than three-second racks, no one can stop mm. them or very mm. few teams can stop them. It's about South Africa slowing the ball down and I also wouldn't be... Uh, you know, I wouldn't say no to someone like Marco van Staden and Dion Ferry being on the bench for this particular match because I think this is mm. a game where you have to focus on slowing down the ruck as far as mm. possible. And Ireland's threat is not necessarily on what they can do to South Africa. It's just they have such a really good, clean, and efficient game plan. Mm-hmm. 
and have probably the best, you know, people in the rucks, I think, in the world. Just people that are just relentless in getting clean ball and getting quick ball. So, yeah. you know, I think that's a 50-50 coin toss because obviously Ireland's in really good form. They have a lot, if not all, of their players available. <laughs> yeah, Sam, Ireland, and it must be Irish luck to be, you know, the best you've ever been. You've beaten New Zealand two out of three games in New Zealand. And you're in like the worst pool, and you have the worst quarterfinal. Like they must yeah. be cursing their luck, but they still. I mean, even with the warmups, they didn't look great. But maybe you don't need to look great. Obviously, in August, they still look like a team that seems a bit more sure of themselves as maybe previous editions of the World Cup have been. And they seem yeah. like they are working towards a plan here. Yeah, and and again, you know, our discussions just then over the last five minutes make it seem as though, you know, uh, Ireland have got their work cut out. But they 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 are they are a very very good side, and we all know that the teams aren't just you know individual moments of brilliance. They are cohesion. They are they are bits that bring it together. And and if if that can if that machine can start whirring. For Ireland, if it can start going, and and the the, the momentum, and it's a I know it's a silly word in in sport in a sense because it's not really a thing, but it is a thing. Everyone recognises it. If it can start going, it's going to be extraordinary. And mm. and Ireland uh, have shown one of the things that they've shown in the last three four years is big games don't necessarily phase them. And and they will have huge games in this World Cup, as you've mentioned there. They will play the Springboks. They will play Scotland. They will probably play one of France and New Zealand in the uh, in the quarterfinals. Then they will probably play, uh, well, who who knows? But let's say Fiji Argentina. from the other, wherever it is, from the from the other side. Then then they will probably play, you know, a side like the the box again in the final. They will have played a catalogue of matches which will be. Uh, which will be as as tough as anyone has had to win the damn thing. So, but you 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 don't you don't doubt that you don't doubt that with that Irish team because as you mentioned, they they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. They know who they are. They know when it goes well, and it hasn't quite you know in in the last few games it hasn't it stuttered and started a little bit for them. But when you think back in recent history when it has gone well. And when those moves have flowed, flowed, and and when they've come together, that they are nigh on impossible to nail down. And and the the the, the threats that they have from Josh van der Fleer, oh, mentioning other uh, South Africans, uh, <laughs> Josh van der Fleer to James Lowe, and everyone in between. They've got so many different. They've got so many different threats. They've got so many different people who can do an, an incredible job for them. So yeah, I mean, it sounds as though we're discounting them. But actually, if they can, if they can put in a good performance, uh, and let's face it, they've they've got a great start, haven't they? They've, I think they've got Romania first. You know, they've got a they've got a great opportunity in which to get those, to get the, the the scores on the board, and to get the feeling, the juices flowing, or whatever metaphor you want to use, get going, and then and then get into the meat of the tournament. And and if they can, because if they do beat Scotland, and if they do beat South Africa, well then. Then we know we're in for a, a, an incredible version of Ireland for the rest of the tournament. The only question, Jared, I have is how do they integrate Johnny? Or do you have any worries about them integrating Johnny Sexton? Um, he's probably going to be playing, if not both 
two games before the South Africa game, the Romanian Tonga game, he's at least going to have to play a full game in one just to get himself warmed up for mm. South Africa. Yeah, I, I, I think what they'll do is they'll probably um, start him um, probably start him against Romania um, and then bring him off of the bench uh, against Tonga or the other way around. I think they'll, they'll definitely do that. He's not playing... 160 minutes in the in the first two games. No. So there's no ways. I, I don't think Sexton has played 80 minutes for uh, probably since uh, the the New Zealand tour, if that. Um, mm. So I, I think they'll be looking at doing that. Um, I've I've heard off the ball. Um, they've they've spoken about uh, him resting against Scotland if Ireland beats South Africa, which I think is just absurd. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think Sexton. What's the thinking there? What was the thinking for that? Yeah, that if they beat South Africa, they should be assured of a... It's uh, off the ball, so I don't think there's yeah, much thinking. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks, Tyler. You, 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 you saved me there. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that's pretty much it, is that uh, they, they will look to... Yeah, and, and you mentioned that they weren't in great form during the... Um, during the knock, uh, during the warm-up games and that kind of thing, but uh, I do think that a lot of um, teams needed to time their, their form. South Africa... Uh, needed to hit oh. the World Cup running, uh, sprinting. Um, Ireland don't really. They can sort of jog through their first two games and then start start sprinting from there. From for South Africa, they needed to sprint from the start. So did Scotland. Um, so I think a lot of teams kept that in mind when when deciding how to how to approach their their warm up games. And Jared, finally, just on the other two teams. I mean, Tonga probably a little bit on the overhyped side of the yeah. of the world just they haven't really put things together with all their stars and just haven't gotten enough like you know back up there and fly half and in the, in the in the tight five like the other two countries and Romania just haven't really had good form I mean Italy put mm. them to the sword with the second team so it doesn't seem like those other two games are going to be that much that difficult but I can bet Tonga's going to scare someone for at least 60 minutes of one yeah. of the big three teams yeah, I, I think a lot of what Tonga do well um, will have a lot to do with Peter Aki playing. Um, thankfully, we don't have Israel Folau going to the World Cup. To a degree, it would have. He's an incredible player. You always want the best players in the World Cup, but he is a bit of a an asshole. Um, let's put it there or that way. Um, but but yeah, I, I I can't see Tonga uh, testing too many people. Um, I. In, in the sense of threatening upsets, I think they can do it for about an hour. Guys like Fire Fafita, Sam Lousy, uh playing brilliantly. And I think for Romania, uh, it's just been a testing year. They've changed coaches as well. Um, they've tested a whole lot of players to get down to their 33. Um, I think we all see some great individual performances from some of their players. And I, I I do think both Tonga and Romania will be out scoring, uh, looking to score some some awesome consolation tries, and I mean that in the nicest way possible, without being too disrespectful. Mm. Yeah, it's t- it's tough for Tonga, isn't it? Because you know, as I say, like we mentioned about other teams, if they'd been in if they'd been in a group with a misfiring England or a misfiring mm. Wales or a misfiring Australia, they would have felt a lot better about it. But they they've been put in a group with with three sides that not only are good at the moment, but also will will be very, very aware of what Tonga can do. And, and, and you know, they've got a great back row, they've got a great back three, and, and they'll always be a threat. But you can have a great back row and a great, great back three, but if you don't get the ball because, you're, you know, you're, you're, your engine room isn't firing or you're not getting a platform, you're not getting a set piece, 
then you don't become too much of a difficulty for, for, for teams like Scotland or Ireland or South Africa. Looking forward to that Aki Fekitoa centre combination and Laos and Fafita doing the crazy stuff that they do for Scarlets, though. Yeah, mm. I think, Jared, like you said, mm. there'll be a 20-minute run where they just look absolutely great, and I'm sure they'll score like a few tries there and, and put yeah. some fear into the team. <laughs> Pia, Pia Tau will step someone and, and make mm. a highlight Oof. reel. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, Sham, you're quite used to, to seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to continue our preview. We're doing Pool C and Pool D. We've had a quick sub at halftime. Um, Jared's, you know, uh, you know, he emptied the tank and now Cooks is coming off for the bomb squad. Cooks, welcome to the show. Um, you, you're looking for a big second half like Arches Neymar? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, obviously, I've been off the pod for a while because I was on holiday. And I think me being off the pod for a while, I'd like to send apologies to all our viewers and listeners for all this learner that was given about Finn Russell when I was away, you know, being in the top 50 players, and probably the, the abuse they got in the, in, the, in the previous hour when I was not here. But I'm here now. I'm, I'm coming off the bench. I'm coming in hot. I've got a good, a, good, a, a, good, a good burst in me. 12 seconds. That was 12 seconds between him starting speaking and then talking about Finn Russell. That's extraordinary. <laughs> to be fair, it took me a while to get going to talk about Finn Russell. Normally, as, I don't even say hello. You know, fair enough. I think he's actually been quite disciplined in the in this case. Um, yeah, so let's continue. I mean, Pool C and Pool D, as Cooks was saying before we start recording, is really where the real World Cup is at. I mean, <laughs> it's where all the fun is happening. And Sam, we'll spare you at least the talking of England for for at least a little bit. And let's talk about oh, Pool C you. and just thrash the Welsh and, and Australians for a little bit. Look, I've gone on record and said that I'm actually predicting Fiji and, and Georgia coming out of the pool. I'm oh. done with Wales and Australia. I'm done with all the, the rubbish that they're doing. I'm done with, no, Gatland and Eddie Jones have a plan, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I'm done with that conversation. I'm fully into the chaos, and I kind of believe in it as well. But, Sam, maybe you can be the voice of reason and talk me back onto the boat here. Like, let's, let's start with Wales. Um, I think Wales actually look like they have some form of structure or they did at least against England and then came, up came the spring box and it was blown up. So at least luckily they don't have to face a spring box. What <laughs> do you see in the Welsh that says, you know, there could be something there? Yeah, I, so uh, cards on the table. Um, I, I support Wales. I have a, a, an English residency, but I, mm. I, my, uh, my Welsh ancestry or, or need to support Wales was handed down from my father like some sort of <laughs> awkward hereditary gift. Uh, there you go, mate. You've you got to look after this. This is yours for life. So in, in an international term, I, I, I do have vested interest in Wales. Um, youth, exuberance, um, an element of wiliness that, that Warren Gatlin brings – they will try stuff. They're kind of in a position that I wish England were. Now, again, cards on the table. I have this very, I'm not a Wales supporter in it. I'm, I'm in a weird, like anti English way. I, I, because of my job, I have a vested interest in England doing well. And I kind of want England to do well because if England do well, then the Premiership does well. And, and that sort of looks after itself. And English rugby does well. I, I, I do want England to do well. If they play each other, I want, I want Wales to win. But I'm not, I'm not anti England in that, in that traditional way or sense. Um, I think Wales are kind of where England should have been, i.e., 
bringing new faces to the World Cup, bringing new combinations, trying out people that haven't been tried out before, not for this World Cup necessarily, but for a World Cup in four years' time or even further down the line than that. This, this is what I'm hoping Wales will bring. Now, the problem we have is that Fiji are in the mood to give everyone's bottom a slap and Georgia are going to be a difficult side to dispatch. Um, and so I, I think you're right. I, 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 uh, I don't think that Georgia are quite as good as potentially making it out of the group. I don't think they are. I think they'll, they'll be, get snagged by, by potentially Australia. But I, I enjoy your enthusiasm for it, and it would be a hell of a story if it was Fiji and Georgia to come out of the group. But I... I I quite like the look of Wales. I quite like the look of what they're trying to do. And at least unlike England, they are trying stuff and they are going to try and play, you know, a sort of rugby that is that is amenable and is attractive in some shape or form. So I I would make a case that that Wales won't be won't be that bad, but it's a difficult group. It's it's such a puzzling group. It, I mean, they all are. I'm, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but it's. Uh, I, I I would hope I would hope that Wales will make a better fist of it than than uh, than potentially England do. Yeah. Look, just to follow up on that, Sam, what do you have an idea of what the best what Wales's best team is at the moment? No. Um, <laughs> No, and I mean that. I mean that because I think it's gonna. It's a team that's potentially going to find its 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 voice in the tournament, and it's going to find its way in the tournament. And I think I, I could give you a I, I could give you a handful of players who I think will will be there uh, starting, but I don't think I'd go as far as as being absolutely certain where they are. I mean, a, a lot depends on. <laughs> A lot depends on this first game. We said this about mm. Group B. So much depends on this first game against Fiji um, that that it's 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 going to be very interesting. You know, you asked me a question earlier about whether or not you know the All Blacks and France can recover from losing their first game. Well, quite frankly, one of the biggest questions for Wales fans is if they lose against Fiji, how do they recover? Mm. How, you know, and and how do they how do they recover their World Cup you know sort of stint? You know, because quite frankly, if they lose against Fiji, um, they they could find themselves in you know they could find themselves in a bit of a downward spiral. How that team responds to that, and how that team responds in the rest of the tournament, is going to be very much a narrative that a lot of Wales fans are going to be interested in. Yeah, you you can just see the wheels falling off, especially for those you know three teams that are underperforming in this side of the draw. If either Wales, Australia, or England take a loss in that first weekend you can really see i think i think the media obviously the knives will come out i think there'll mm. be some dissent you can yeah you can see the storyline developing if but, but, but not so much as with wales as with england and australia mm. i don't think i i think wales with the way that they're going to set themselves up and the way that they've come to the tournament with the types of personnel that they look as though they're going to play i i don't think it's as it's as bad because you know j- Gatland has not been as front foot as Jones in his mm. in his media conferences. He's not he's not been as front foot. He's not been as as um, 
whatever yeah, the word is, as Borthwick has been. You know, he, he, I, I think there's a bit more with Wales. I think there's a little bit more leeway. Does that make sense? A little bit more leeway with Wales mm. that, that, that they're, they're going to be able to do, you know, and they're coming to the tournament in a slightly different place than, than, than England and Australia. Yeah. If anything, maybe just in terms of expectation, maybe that loss to the Springboks helped just to yeah. calm things because, I mean, Gatlin was saying a few wild things after the first England win and almost yeah. got himself into a bit of a kerfuffle with the England coaching staff after accusing <laughs> them of being unfit, which yeah. was typical prime Gatlin happening. There. <laughs> but but but, but that, that that's more the narrative for England. Mm. That's more that's more the narcissism out of Gatlin, Gatlin making it about that and making it about you know that the, the, those those narratives that he was all about. And and let's face it. In, the, the the win against England has also been undone a little, not just by the Springboks loss, but also by the fact that England are crap, and and <laughs> and, and that's been played out like, oh, so you beat them? Well, then so did you know? There wasn't much of a thing to beat, you know. So I I think I think that that narrative and that storyline has kind of quelled a little. Um, I I personally I, I stand to be corrected. I, from a Wales fan point of view, I am not I am not on I am not in a, such a bad place as an England fan at the moment. Fair enough. Crooks, let's turn our attention to our neighbours and your favourite friends, the Wallabies. Um, we, <laughs> you know, they've, even Tanyana Tupo seems to be drinking that, you know, Eddie Jones Kool-Aid. And, and he was saying after the loss against um, the French that, no, we're hiding our game plans. We aren't playing our best. You know, we're hiding some things for the World Cup. So, yeah, I don't know if, Jones is, you know, the biggest. I don't know if Jones had a church. I'm sure he could like really swindle people from money because he seems to be making everyone believe right now. But, books, yeah, I don't know. Is there, oh, is there something like you see in the in the in the Australian team that says, you know, there's still reason to believe? What I love about the the Wallabies is they. I think they're the first team in history leading to a World Cup to hire tactics and wins. I've never seen that before. Where they're just like, we're not even going to win games as well. So we're saving it for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like with Australia, like what happens, let's say, for example, they get to a semi final and Eddie Jones is Eddie Jones match. So, what does it mean for World Cup preps now? Who cares about being good for four years or good for three years? Just <laughs> lose all six warm up games and just end up and just get to a semi final. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, as I've always been a big Eddie Jones believer, and I've always sort of believed him, especially like it's always the Eddie Jones game where he plans it for four years. But I just, you, there comes, there comes, there comes a point where you're just gonna be like, I don't think these guys are good. I still felt like under Dave Rennie, and they, they were always just so young and and inconsistent. And now they're going to a tournament where they have to be consistent. And then, and I feel like that group they in, anyone can beat anyone, and. For them, I still feel like there's a good side there, but they're going in with players. So there's guys who only made their debuts two weeks ago for the Wallabies, and they're going into a World Cup mm. campaign. They've left the likes of Michael Hooper, the Quay Cooper, the guys at home, and guys I thought that, especially in that side of the pool, could have helped them. I, I do understand what Eddie Jones is doing, obviously looking towards the future, but I mean, I don't think a World Cup is a great place to have a training camp for four weeks as you prepare for a Lions tour in, in two years' time, but... But I just, yeah, the Wallabies, it's such an interesting case because they have shown glimpses of their form and uh, they were good for, what, 65 winners against against uh, against the All Blacks. And then, but then again, you got like last year, Dave Rennie, for example, or those couple of years, he, he got a few wins over the Springboks. And 
I, I just I just think the Wallabies is I don't know what Wallaby side we're gonna see. Are we gonna see the one that lost forty three eight to the Springboks? Are we gonna see the one that almost put the All Blacks at the in the in the last test? So so you don't know who which for me which Wallaby side is gonna rock up. And I think what helps them is that side of the draw. And I think the big concern for everybody else is, especially the Indy Jones, is I do feel like the Wallabies can put, can put together a very good performance. And I think Eddie Jones is probably banking on that being obviously in the group, but also getting out of that group and then doing it in the pool, in the in the knockout stages. So there is something there. I just yeah, I just it's hard for me to to, to put trust in Carter Gordon, who's, who's only only started about two or three tests, and now you ask him to lead him in a World Cup campaign. Especially one thing about Wales, one thing I always trust in is Warren Ball. And I think Warren Gatlin knows how to make a semi final. I mean, he's a Sam Warburton red card away or a Francois Lowe turnover from of, of going to two World Cup finals. I think that side of the draw sort of favours the way Gatlin likes to play. And with the Wallabies, I just, just don't think you can just lose five, six games straight and then just convince me that you're going to win six, seven games or five games to, to sort of have a sort of impact in the World Cup. That's what concerns me. I think form does it is going to play some sort of factor. So... It's going to be interesting, but they're going to need a massive performance from their few world-class players at the Caribbean. They're going to have to carry a massive load. So if they can get them to fire, I think the Wallabies can possibly do something in this World Cup. I think that's a really interesting point you, you make there, Cooks, about not taking the likes of Quade Cooper and, and Hooper because those guys are, 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 are street fighters. Those guys are down. They, they know, you know there's not a lot of, of things that are going to surprise them too much. And he hasn't gone with them. And yet his group is a street fight. And if he was playing, if his group was Italy, Namibia, and Uruguay, then potentially you could make sense of it. But actually, the Eddie Jones' group is every which way you look, there there is a threat. And you need the, the, the experience and the know-how of, uh, that are the likes of Hooper and Cooper to to actually see you through that group because that's a tricky group and I hadn't really thought of it like that before. But Cooks, you're absolutely right. He's 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 got to expect there are certain players in the Australia group who have got to come good and got to come good quite quickly for them to get out of the group that they're in. Yeah, you're looking at that, and you, yeah, when you put all of it together, as Cooks has said, like it's. A good team if you are not trying to go far in the World Cup and if it's just essentially just about, you know what, we'll see how we go. Mm. But yeah, you don't, if you if you wanted to go far in this World Cup, you aren't leaving Quay Cooper, Michael Hooper, maybe the chance of Len Ikital coming back fit um, at home. And that's, yeah, could be maybe the the the, the undoing of the Wallabies. They they, they play uh, Georgia and then Fiji. They're the first mm. two games, aren't they? So they 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 kind of will will know a lot about where they are after those two games. Very quickly. They, yeah. So may, maybe maybe there's something in that as well. That they they they've got a slightly better run through the group, as it were. Um, but well, we'll see. We'll see. I think also the group they have is especially if you look at Georgia and. And Wales, it's 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 not a fun game for like a young side to play in because Georgia no. will make it scrappy and they will be good defensively. Set piece will be good, similar to Wales, and it, it's 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 like and, and the Wallabies. I'm still trying to figure out what they're trying to do in attack, and I, I just don't. I, it doesn't feel like the Wallabies of old, where at least even back in the day, maybe they've been struggling, but you still back them to be able to to find mm. 30, 40 points or fifty points against Georgia and things like that. Whereas now it's 
if they get in a scrap, and, and George has is, is got more experience than in certain positions, but if they get in a scrap, I don't know if I, you're asking a, bunch, a group of youngsters now to sort of be in situations where they have not been in. And, That's what and, I mean. And, and they're not winning, and they haven't been winning games. You know, I, I look at them as the polar opposite to Ireland. Like, Ireland's coming yeah. in unbeaten. They've beaten every tier one nation coming in. That's why for me, like, I'm going like, they're just not going to wake up and be shit to come in World Cup time. They've been in situations. Yeah. They know how to win games. With the Wallabies, I feel like, where do those Oaks lean to? Like, what does mm. Carter Gordon lean back to winning a tight game against the Western Force for the Melbourne Rebels? Like, <laughs> it's a tough place to sort of draw experience from. Man. He had a big win in high school, Cooks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and, and that's, and I just feel like those things, they, they do matter, you know? And, and I just think Eddie Jones is going to have to pull off an, an unbelievable coaching job. And I think, like you said, Georgia, Fiji, first off, it's a tough, tough, it's a tough, tough, tough start. And, and I think this is one of the groups at Samuel Rudd where you have to start off well. That's, the mm-hmm. first game is so crucial for those sides where I don't want to face a Fiji side if I'm Australia that's coming off. Even if they lose against Wales, Fiji will still back themselves against Australia. They'll be like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll just, just got to beat Australia and, and wait for Fiji, wait for Wales and Australia to pretty much knock themselves out. So mm-hmm. I just think the Wallabies are just... I, 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 I think I'm on my last, last stock with Eddie Jones. I, I'm, I've sold most of it, but I've got one more <laughs> stock there that's in there. I'm just, it, was, it was under the mattress. Uh, I thought I got rid of him. That's the only one I'm relying on and, and hoping that Samuel Karevi sort of has some sort of fitness. But if there's any upset or like a, I'd say a, a lower side, like a Fiji Samoa or like Georgia making the quarterfinals, I, I do think it's this group, uh, whether it's Georgia or Fiji. I think Fiji beating England at home, they're in, in such a good space. And I think the Wallabies, like, for me, Eddie Jones, he has to sort of do something here because otherwise, I don't even think he might even make it to the Lions tour. And then uh, what happens then for Australian rugby? So you've sacked Dave Rennie after Eddie, apparently a Eddie bad Jones, training camp. Yeah, no, Eddie it. Jones always reminds me of, like, the Jose Mourinho of, 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 mm. of football in a sense mm. that um, – the worst thing that he could do is actually coach a team. He got to a stage in his career where his stock was so high that that literally the best thing that he could have done is retire to a media job and literally mm. just tell everyone what they should be doing, <laughs> rather than it's a bit like Clive Woodward, it's Sir, Sir Clive Woodward in the in England. He he doesn't he doesn't coach anymore because he realizes that actually coaching would make him look like an absolute chump. Uh, so what he does is he just stands on the sideline passing common and everyone else's coaching and makes an absolute packet out of it. it. The worst thing that Eddie Jones continues to do is continue to coach. He should have literally just taken that bit with England, done the good stuff, stepped away from it, and then gone or picked up another team for a little bit, turned them round and fucked off out of there. He ch- <laughs> literally should just be not coaching. The worst thing that Eddie he could Jones be the world's highest consultant. <laughs> he could be. Yeah, the worst thing around, he continues just to do is, is coaching. Yeah, just, 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 just like pop, in, pop up here and there. <laughs> a check coach for a month. Weeks, six weeks, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm 160 grand for a 10 week, you know, six weeks. Yeah, no problem, <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, no problem. And, and literally... the. the and I, and I fear, I fear like you, Australia may, may well, uh, uh, you know, undo all of this, this, this work that, that potentially Eddie James has spent his whole career doing. He needs to step away and just, just pass comment on everyone else. Yeah, I think it's, it's also just seeing news that James Slipper's out for the first week. So that's mm. another 100 caps. And I mean, Australia yeah. doesn't have too many to spare. I think the only players that have like, 
a decent size of caps that are going to be probably be in that 23 are Nick White, Salma Krevi, yeah. Marika Korobete. That's pretty much it. I mean, Will Skelton, yeah. I mean, he has obviously a lot of experience in club rugby, but he's only has about 26 test matches. Skelton's so, massive for them, isn't he? If he plays well, then, then maybe Australia go deep. But... Yeah, but, but also he's, saying, he's, like, it's, it's a own, lot. His own questions as well, international rugby. Like, mm. you know what I mean? He's a good player. Plays only 50 minutes, etc. Yeah, et yeah. So it's like he's got his own questions. I mean, like, unless Eddie Jones thinks, I don't know if he knows that Junior World Cup was actually in June here in South Africa. Maybe, <laughs> you, maybe you missed the memo. Maybe he's in between wrong, the wrong World Cups. But it's just, there's, for me, there's just too many questions from the top to the yeah. end. Coach is leaving and, and then what do you call it now? Your captain is, the guy you've captain is, he's, it's his first year back into national rugby. And he's a, we know, we've shown how good he is for La Rochelle, but I mean, but like now it's, now he's, he's still trying to figure out like, he's, Tyler obviously is all, he's number one fan of his international rugby, but um. <laughs> But like he's still trying to figure that out. There's just so many questions. Now you lose a James Slipper. And I'm like sitting there, like, watching yeah. you leave the likes of Michael Hooper, Quade Cooper, guys who are, and like uh, guys, they, they sit at home now. Like just guys you'd need in a, in a proper scrap. And I just, and I just followed Eddie Jones. Like almost, I think like, like you can see Bortwick, for example, like he's still sort of leans on the experience at least to sort of guide him through the year. You still got the Youngs, the Farrells. Whereas like Eddie Jones is sort of like, I would think, think it was just going through this year and then almost blow up the ship next year. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's such a, and then again, but on the, on the flip side is they could string themselves three games, get, get, in, the, get in the quarterfinal, possibly win yeah. that. And then fucking hell, Eddie Jones puts put in a coaching masterclass in the semifinal and one of these in the World Cup final. Like both yeah. scenarios yeah, can happen. Right. And that, that's a scary thing, with, especially with this side of the draw. Yeah, I think we, yeah, it's, it's, it can only take a few matches and it goes well. But as we've said, those first games for, on, on the, for Wales and Australia are big. And let's turn now into the happier side of this, um, of this pool, which is Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. I mean, yeah, so Sam, we saw what Fiji did on Friday. And they've been really building up, I think, the last few years. They have been having great um, Pacific um, Nations Cup um, campaigns. They probably should have won against Wales a year or so ago. Um, they, and I think the big reason why is that they finally seem to have a team and have a strategy. Like it's not yeah. just, you know, throw the ball around, see what happens, but they can do that. It's yeah. a very, it's a, it's a very good type five for international standards. Caleb Munts, you know, is a fly half. Yeah. <laughs> you can probably yeah. not say that much about Ben Volavola. Um, they have, you know, all the sort of the skeleton of a good team. And then you obviously add the two Sovers and, you know, the Radradras, nice levels that can obviously bring the, the, the flashy stuff. Like Fiji, yeah. you know, there's a world and there's more than a world now. There's a strong possibility of Fiji making a World Cup semifinal. And, you know, if they can get that win against Wales um, on, on, on the weekend, like they can have a big run here. Huge. I, I've, I've actually, you know, I've got them at 50 to 1 to make the final. And, mm, and mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't seem like too daft a bet, you know, and 10,000 pounds is not a lot of money to me. So, you know, I think <laughs> that, <laughs> that, no, don't worry, my wife is listening. I didn't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I agree with you. Fiji's set piece, Fiji's presence uh, around the park, uh, their, their strategy, their, their, their man at 10, everything about it, um, you know, bodes on augurs incredibly well. 
you know it really does and and then of course you've got the the the, the top layer that they as physical specimen as ball players they are freaks and and if if you if you if that works if that starts to go if that starts to roll there there's there's not there's not many sides in the world who would fancy going up against Fiji if it all starts to come together. Yet yeah, there's this there are ifs in there and and there are things that need to happen, but they're in the right sort of group for that to happen. You know because that you know the, the Philip of of beating Wales on the first go, uh, the Philip of beating Australia on the second weekend, all of a sudden. Fiji look a very, very different prospect to the likes of New Zealand and, and, and South Africa and, and, and all those guys who are, who are looking across the pool tables at them because they're, they're gathering, you know, sort of momentum. Is that word again? They're, they're gathering a, a sort of a, a presence about them. And I, I, I'm very excited about Watch. I, I would, if, if you said to me, you know, you get three tickets uh, to, to, you know, to, to, watch, uh, to watch, you know, three games at the World Cup, well, well basically it would be, France versus New Zealand, the first game, and then I'd be very interested to watch Fiji versus Wales and Fiji versus Australia. Those are those are the three games that that really tickle my fancy. So, credit to Fiji, incredible option, incredible opportunity, incredible potential. My goodness, there's a big part of me. There's a there's a there's a there's a really romantic part of me that wants it to go really really well for them and for them to really announce themselves on the world stage, as they have done in other modes of the sport, of course. You know, the other mode of the sport sevens is has known how, just how good VG offer is for a long while. Maybe at fifteens, it's their time to shine. I think you look at would Super Rugby changing and Tyler. Something we we deal with the Africa of, of how of us not being Super Rugby anymore. I think the big benefactors of the new Super Rugby change is probably Fiji because you yeah. look at how many players in this World Cup squad play for the Drua, and it's just for me the yeah. big difference is the time they'll, they've spent together. Exactly. You know, week after it, week of playing quality week, opposition. You're absolutely 100%. right. hundred percent. And then now you take the Fijian Drew squad most, and then you're adding the likes of Putia, Radradra, yeah. Tuisova. So the players coming in, it's just, it, it just created this nice, and, nice And balance. to make your point even better, um, look, look what happened the other way with Japan, falling out of Super Rugby with the Sunwolves, and, and Japan have 100%. lost their, their shine. You know, 100%. It, it's massive. It's massive. No, it's massive. And I think Fiji can, I think that for me, that's the big difference is that the time they've been able to spend together, the majority of that squad. And I think you can see there's a big rejuvenation. I thought obviously with, with losing Vern Cotter, it might, it might have been a big thing, but now they're sort of almost rejuvenated on the new coach and, mm-hmm. and there's a sense of purpose. And I think there's a sense of, they know that, they know that this group is up for the taking. And I think that's what makes them excited. They know they can beat Wales. They know they, they back themselves against Australia and the, the players, the the Fijian players, they play against their Australian sides all the time. They'll back themselves to to do that. Yeah. And then you you bring in world-class players like Radradra, where now that you still have the, the sprinkle of massive X-factor, but there's also stability yeah. in that, which is something they probably have not had. And I think yeah. if there's ever a chance for Fiji to make their first, to, uh, to make a, maybe, maybe they're possibly their first ever semi, this is it. And I think, you are right. I, if I'm Wales in Australia, I don't, I'm not looking forward to playing against Fiji. And if I'm Fiji, the prospect of going, of beating Wales in Australia, knowing the first two weeks and then from there, it's, it, then the pool, top spot is up for grabs and then you potentially yeah. getting England who they've beaten. So they, they're definitely fearful of them. Yeah. Then you've got Argentina waiting for you in the next stage and then they definitely fear them or potentially Samoa. But so I think it's a perfect time and I'm very, very excited for Fiji. And if, 
any other sides on the other side of the draw, I just don't think you want them in a semi-final. I think it's, it's the last thing. It's, it, it's the worst sort of banana peel because it just—I never thought I'd feel like a Fijian side has got more, is got is more stable than than the Wallaby side. You know what I mean? Like you never you, 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 you didn't think that. I mean, but um, yeah, I think Fiji. Oh man, I think they're gonna have. A, I think they're gonna have a, a big, big World Cup. Be great, wouldn't it? And on the Georgian side, Sam, I know you said that um, they're probably not as obviously well placed as Fiji right now. Just to make the case for them, and. I was reading um, on Rugby Pass a great interview that um, they had with the coach, Mata Matashvili. And obviously, he, for South African um, listeners, he was um, the head coach of Georgia when they came on the tour in 2021. And he actually caught COVID and was literally yeah. fighting for his life um, in hospital in South Africa for a few months. And he was in a comatose state for at least 20 odd days. And he fully okay. recovered. He's now obviously back on the playing, on the, on the coaching field as well. And he was talking about, you know, he basically called a shot in that article and he said, look, we're here to beat a tier one side. Uh, <laughs> so if it's Wales, if it's Australia, it doesn't really matter. We're here to beat a tier one, tier one side and make a quarterfinal. And, you know, to be fair to them, they won against Italy in, in Tbilisi in, in July last year. They obviously beat Wales in, in November. And, I mean, for at least 14 minutes without, you know, um, without um, Giogadze playing and Gogeshvili, and they had a few players missing from that team that played Scotland. They gave Scotland a good game for at least 40 minutes. Yep. So, you know, I think they, they, they're outside bet for sure, but, you know, they, they aren't, they're, they're fancying themselves. And now with, you know, in this first game with Slipper out, they're facing an Australian team that doesn't have experience over them necessarily. Like no. they've <laughs> almost equally have played the same amount of tests, more or less, so yeah. it's, and maybe the same amount of big test too. So now someone like Ninyashvili's experience in big games in the top 14 can be a bit more. So uh, that's what I was going to say. So the, the France thing also works for Georgia as well. You know, mm. they're, 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 a lot of these guys are in and around uh, these, these clubs, these stadia a lot. You know, it's, it's kind of a home from home. Uh, a lot of players, a lot of representatives in the top 14 or, or pro de deux. And and so they'll 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 feel good. It's not as though it's halfway around the world. It's it's not a long way from home. They'll probably get some good support coming across as well. And you know, it, they will be as you say, they will be one hundred percent geared up to beat either Wales or Australia. And that's all they are coming for. They are coming for that. And that's a dangerous that's a dangerous situation for for Wales to to, to find themselves in and, and of course Australia. So yeah, you, you've made a case for them really well there. And I think you just you you add in just that extra little bit of spice that you mentioned there, the the, the narrative of their coach and 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 how that story works. I I, I really like the look of of what they could possibly do. I hate the fact that it is going to be against Wales, but um, it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely definitely possible. You know, it's well and truly possible. And uh, cooks on Portugal. I mean, they're they're not yeah. bad. I mean, on the basis of their game against Australia A, and they gave them a good game for at least fifty odd minutes themselves. And that Australia A team had more caps than the Australia team that faced um, France in the same weekend. So it's not like it was a team of mugs. It had, you know, Bernard Foley, yeah. James O'Connor, and those sort of players. So Portugal can take a lot of confidence from that game and say, look, we can target. Obviously, they have a big rivalry with um, Georgia. They've, I think, they, they, they had, I think, a draw, I think, in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh. Like, Portugal can also look at that pool and say, look, we can at least run one of the 
traditional tier one nations close. And there's not much of a reason why they can't believe they can beat maybe Fiji with half an eye on, you know, the next game or Georgia as well. They, they could cause some, some real disruption in this pool. Oh, hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> excuse me. I mean, the performance against Australia, especially early on, is very encouraging. I think I'd back Australia A to actually get through the pool, this pool, then the, this Australian <laughs> side that's here. Um, but um, yeah, 100%. I think, and obviously some of those sides like a Wales and a Australia might catch them in, might catch them midweek, you know what I mean? Which is, which yeah. is another scary prospect where it's, it's a bananas skin game that you don't want to catch up. And I think Portugal will take great confidence. I think they'll know that out of the group they're in, it's, it's probably the most open and everywhere. I just feel like they, they might stick enough because everyone is looking to beat each other and someone like Portugal can benefit from that because I would say Wales and Australia and Fiji, they're not coming here with massive depth. So, so they'll be looking to race players against Portugal and Portugal can definitely take advantage of that. And the gap between, let's say, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, they'll be underdogs, but it's not like they in the pool of death or something. It's not like they... Yeah. Uruguay or Namibia was you know, they, 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 they beat the USA they beat the USA to be here didn't they Portugal if it was the USA at the bottom of that group we, we wouldn't be speaking like this we, we'd be saying the USA have got some great rugby players and play some good 100%. rugby you know and, 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 and just because it's Portugal and it's, it's an untraditional uh, you know tier two side we, we seem to be we seem to be you know sort of saying oh well there'll be an also round I don't think they will at all I think in fact you could say looking at the way the group sets up they could be kingmakers it depends how Wales beat Portugal it depends mm-hmm. how Australia beat Portugal it depends how Fiji beat Portugal in terms of points because they could all beat each other and they could all be level on points and it could all come down to how much how many points did you put on Portugal. Oh, I'd love nothing mm. more than Australia needing to beat Portugal by 40 points and they find themselves losing. That's the scenario <laughs> that, I'm, <laughs> that I'm waiting for. But it is something, <laughs> something crazy is going to happen in this group. I can yeah. feel it. I can feel no, some 100%. last weekend shenanigans happening here. Mm. Yes, I, I remember going on the, the Rugby World Cup app and trying to predict, I said and predicted all the, all the games through the groups. I'm like, geez, I mean, like, and I said, I'm like, it was, it, was, it was so difficult, especially this pool, because you mm. just feel mm. like anyone can sort of pull something. And I think, Aside like Portugal and in Georgia, especially, they're actually playing for something bigger because they're trying to get more games and tier two and tier, and tier two nations to get to feature more. So, what a big statement for someone like Georgia going like, listen, if you can potentially get a quarterfinal and Portugal maybe upset someone, it's like, guys, we deserve to get more games. Our players deserve yeah. to get yeah. more well, contracts and, and play elsewhere. So, it's not just just being in the World Cup; is they, they've actually got something bigger. And someone like Portugal, they've got nothing to lose. And then, and then you're in a pool where arguably the most evenly matched. And then, so I would hate to be, to be playing Wales on a Saturday and then you're going to you know, front up against Portugal on a Thursday. It won't be a fun week for, for, for anyone who plays, no. who plays Portugal. Oof. Yeah, we are, we are in for a treat in Pool C. I think Pool C has all the spice because there's five teams that not even you... You don't have to squint your eyes too hard to see them beating each other. Uh-huh. We have finally have to get to Pool D, unfortunately. Yeah. And we have to talk about, I think, yeah, Pool D, D is for Dower in this case, because there's a lot of like, like you have to like <laughs> grin and bear it through, through this group. Let's start with the headline, which is, you know, Argentina. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to say that. Why can't we just talk about Argentina and the fact that nobody is talking about Argentina in any shape or form? They just don't get mentioned in any mm. sort of conversation. And yet we do know that they have a really good ball playing rugby side that if you know if it goes their way they are going to be they're going to be tricky for for any other side in the in the competition to sort of play against and and potentially beat so i i'm i just feel i think england have overshadowed this group and it's become all the narrative has become all about how dour and how damp and how squibbish you know the whole england setup is but actually argentina and i i there's part of me that that thinks that maybe you know Argentina dancing their dance on uh, on Saturday night and showing, hey, remember, remember us guys, <laughs> remember the fact that we can actually play some good rugby. I think I think that would be absolutely wonderful and delightful. Um, even though it would potentially, you know, sort of put put uh, Steve Borthwick's England even into a, a worse cave, a worse <laughs> hole, a worse place. But um, you know, I think it's I think I I think it's 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 a tough one. Um, I'm not going to read. Really, yeah, I, I don't. I, I genuinely have run out of words to say about England. I just don't know. I don't know what to say about them. I don't know what they're going to do. I watched a two-minute forty-five-second uh, piece of footage from training uh, a couple of days ago, which was them mauling, and I thought, <laughs> "What? Who? Who has? Who has okayed this? That this is going out?" And it was literally Steve Borthwick blowing a whistle and 16 men just mauling against each other. And I don't know if it was official or whether Rugby Pass or some other camera was there picking it up, but it went out. And I was just like, I can't, I don't, I, who has agreed that this is the piece of footage that should go out to showcase <laughs> England at the moment? It is, it, it is just so... So, but and then I had a chat with a mate who was like, "Well, maybe, maybe Borthwick's putting that out there because he's going to surprise Argentina with a running game." No. I'm like, "No, why would you surprise Argentina with a running game?" Argentina would be like, <laughs> "Yeah, okay, let's run," and you'd be like, "That that doesn't work. Surely, <laughs> surely, Steve Borthwick has just gone. We're going to maul it, and that's all they're going to do. And 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 they're going to and if they win the game, they would have killed off another forty percent of the England fans who." had any sort of lasting flame burning for being a fan will be killed off by a mauling exercise that happens against Argentina. Oh yeah, they've made, they've won their first game. I don't care. I'm off to watch Fiji. You know, I just, <laughs> it just would be, it would, it, I, I don't understand. I do not understand what is going on and I'm not alone. There are so many people who just don't understand what's going on with England at the moment. I don't think England understands what's, what's no. going on with them at the moment. I think my biggest thing is, I mean, looking at this weekend's fixtures, I think that the England-Argentina opening game for me is probably the most important of, the, of this yeah. weekend. Because yeah. I, I think that, you, I mean, I think France and New Zealand can, they can bounce back. They, they, they should be fine for the rest of their group. Um, Wales and Fiji, I mean, that's, that, that group is, that's, that's a fight in its own. But I think this one, will say a lot for these two sides. I think if Argentina wins, it's a, such a big momentum booster for them. Like you said, no one's speaking about them. If they can, if they can win this game and, then, and, and play really well, I think it will boost them. And they'll feel like, listen, we can get back to another semifinal. And oh, yeah. if they lose, I could, if they lose, Argentina tend to 
tend to fall apart. And then it's, and mm. then they, you could see them, maybe they could, you could see them, maybe at Japan probably pipping them. And I think with England, if they actually put in a good performance, the only way England gets through the mess and the shit that, have, that they've had coming up to this tournament is they have to put in a good performance this weekend. I think they have to sort of try and find to. a way to put a marker down on this tournament. Because I do think, the thing with England, what the, I think the frustrating thing is for English fans and is they do have really good, they do have very good players. It's, 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 a, still, it's yeah. still a strong squad. But there's still players there, that a, lot, a bulk of those guys who came through from 2019 and I thought they will get better and better and a bulk of those guys are still there and I think there's still world-class players in there and I think they, if they can just get it right, they, I mean, it's just been probably the toughest two years for them, but especially this year, it's just been, like you said, it's been dire. It's been just, it's been, it's just, it's, it's just so terrible to watch. I, I mean, that last England Wales game, like they, they had to give people refunds for, especially that first half. Like, I was yeah. like, what is, like, what's going on here? And I think, yeah. And I think, I mean, morning clips is not a way to inspire, not a way to inspire hope, but I think, yeah, I think the, the England Argentina game is just so massive for the landscape for this group and the World Cup. Yeah. And I think with Argentina, I think it's for me with Argentina is we, we've seen glimpses, and Czech has spoken about a lot of the rest, the rest of the guys, some guys in the championship. But there comes a point where they, they've got to deliver now. It can't always just be, yeah, oh, there's, there's there's glimpses here, here and there. Uh, we know how well they can play, but they have to they have to sort of deliver now and put together performances. And they've shown those performances in the last. So three years, beating New Zealand, uh, playing well against, beating England and things like that. So like they have shown glimpses of it. So I think if they can string it together, and, I, and, and this is the perfect time for them to, to make that sort of run, everything is in their favor. And I think oh. they're definitely not shy of England. I mean, like I said, they won the last time, they, they beat them the last time they played. So there's yeah. definitely confidence from them. But that game the weekend, England and Argentina, they probably more so England need a, need a, a very good performance because, you know, Argentina are hotheads, so <laughs> so rather have them in a good space where they're winning games and then they're fine. Just not them when they when they become desperate. I don't want to see a Thomas Lavigny red card in the first minute against Samoa when yeah, they need a wow. when they need a win there, to get to go through. There so. is that, but but there is also the fact that what England are doing at the moment is kicking the ball away, and Ugh. and and you're like mm, probably probably don't kick it away against these guys. So I mean, I don't I don't uh, I. I cannot tell you what the feeling and the landscape is like in in England in rugby at the moment, and and everyone you talk to, you know, it it it's literally there's two options: there's blind faith, which people are running out of, <laughs> and and there is there is there is hope, like the the hope that you would give a, a 16 year old kid who's doing his GCSEs who has not done one bit of revision but is still going to go and do the exam. And you're like, well, you know, if the right questions come up, he might be all right. And that's how we're heading into the World Cup at the moment. It's literally, it's literally like, well, if they don't ask any, any difficult questions, then we're going, oh, good, because the World Cup's, you know, it's famous for not having any difficult questions in it. You know, it's just, it's just bizarre. And I have no, I have no idea. I'm going to be, I am going to be absolutely enthralled, not with the game, but with how England play on Saturday night. How are, and you'll be the same. How are England going to play? Are they really going to play one out rugby again? Are they really going to do that again? And it's just that that question is, is astonishing because you, you say they've got ball players, they've got, they've got good players, they've got people who don't play one out rugby for their clubs. Why are they playing one out rugby? I just, it just, it, it beggars belief. 
I just wonder, like, Sam, as of England, it's like, almost like Australia. There's so many questions in terms of, because George Ford should probably start this weekend at 10, and yeah. he plays a certain way, but then they ask him to kick the ball away all the time, and you're like, I know. Like well, he plays. He plays eyes up rugby. He actually plays. Usually, he plays what's in front of him, and that's what's so good about him. He literally makes the decision on. In, 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 but but he's not with England. He's making predisposed decisions. So it's it's bizarre. That's odd, but now it's like the Marcus Smith thing. Like now we're going to try him at fullback, and I'm like, okay. Then what happens to Freddie Stewart? Like no, he's going to play wing. <laughs> so I'm like, so like, what are we doing here? And then you you have a centre Henry Slade who's played. Almost every single game leading on the, yeah. the tournament. Now he's up. Now he's up. Now he's up the team. Yeah. You, you yeah. on, are, we, are we doing the monitor luggage dance on? If he stays fit the whole tournament, man, maybe we can do something. But you're like, mm. okay, cool. But I just last eight years for Manitou Alangi. If you know, he stays fit, I, I just think they, they look so unbalanced and like it's it looks like a side caught in between four different game plans and none of them work because they're yeah. sort of because <laughs> <laughs> like, they try all of them. But like, but like, it's like we're gonna play a running game today, so we're gonna play. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna, we're gonna go. We're gonna, but we won't start Marcus Smith. Okay, cool, good yeah. plan. Okay, yeah. Now we're gonna play. A, 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 we're gonna play a kicking game based rugby. Tie them down. Okay, now we're gonna play George Smith. I mean George Ford. I'm like, so yeah. If you're gonna pick a game plan, you wanna play. Like, can you not? Can you at least pick the players who can play yeah. that style? So and now you wanna try. Now there's rumors saying Marcus Smith to play fullback. So. The World Cup is the first time he's going to do it. Like, <laughs> like no. I don't understand that plan. Because I don't. I, I don't, don't understand that plan. The one player that actually looks somewhat world class, okay, maybe one of the two or three, is Freddie Stewart. I mean, he's yeah. looked also like his form was also taken a hit because of England. And they and their plan is, and number also England's been fighting the whole two fly halves thing, which is why we have two Lagi and Lawrence mm. pretty much running into each other in the midfield. So their solution for not playing two fly halves is playing two fly halves. Mm. I, I don't understand. Like no. the more I hear from England and the more I hear from Borthwick, unfortunately, and I'm sure he's going to be a great coach one day, the more <laughs> I'm just so confused. And that's obviously not a great place to be in if you no. want to go far in this World Cup. No. I, I, I can't add any more. You're absolutely right. It is very, it is very confused. and And... Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to speak to players who are in and around the squad. You know, players, you know, obviously not in the squad, though, can't get to them, but players who who know, you know, who, who recognize it. And they, what's what's concerning for me is they, they are equally as confused. You know, oh, it's, no. it's proper, it's proper, proper rugby brains who are going, I, uh, I don't understand. I don't understand why you have, why you bring Marcus Smith onto the field. As your as your second receiver, play him at fullback, but effectively he he may be your second receiver. But just keep on throwing the ball at the front, and 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 keep on. You know, Joe, Joe Marley keeps on chucking it up. You're like, well, if if he's on the field, use him. I, I don't know. It's it's um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating. I didn't want to talk about England, Tyler. I I, I did say that. I said I'm not coming <laughs> on to talk about England. But I mean, I must say, I think to finish up on England is, I think for Steve Borthwick, it's. <laughs> England, England's sort of England's sort of a very att- attractive job for any international coach. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's it's still a great job. I mean, Eddie Jones was it's very well paid. Eddie Jones has set himself nicely up in Cape Town, and he's, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm going yeah. back to the gold." Like England, England's calling, and I mean, like you look at someone like Ronan O'Gara. I mean, there's still there's, there's still lots of coaches available. Yeah. Who are they? Who are doing very well? Who, if England would be so dour and and just 
it's one thing if they got in the semi-final and say, you know, they lose to an Ireland or the Springboks in New Zealand, France. That's fine. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's yeah, the better yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. But if, if they go out, they, they win through a semi-final, losing a quarter-final and just offer nothing. What, what, if you are a few, you have someone like Rono Gara that doing, who's standing right there. So Mr. Johan Rassi Erasmus probably is probably one sneaky eye look on that job where they can just sort of go, listen, uh, Rassi, how's about one last stint international rugby? He has, he has a massive budget come, come, come sort of our rugby the same way to the Springboks. So yeah. you look something like Steve Bortho, you're like, Jesus, job is, it's like, you've got to at least, especially I think like Eddie Jones and Steve Bortho, at least show glimpses of something that, because I mean, they've got these contracts for 2027, at least, but show something that, Okay, there's something still to look forward to, but I feel like with England, it's like the players they have now, you think from 2019, you think out of thought, but now they've almost been a, they've been a position where I'd say probably where Ireland is, we like they've, they've built on something and it could be in a position to sort of, because ah, you look at like, say two years ago, 2021, they were probably in the top bracket of France, the All Blacks, yeah. and now they're sort of falling away and falling away and falling away and falling away and it's, just gotten, and it's only getting worse. And I just, yeah, it's just, it's just a tough place to be. Like you said, I mean, I was in, I was in London two weeks ago and I had the, I would say probably the pleasure of seeing an England loss at a pub around English fans. I couldn't say much because I don't want to obviously <laughs> want to leave there unharmed, but just the, just the, the point, the, the, the disdain, the sadness, it was probably one of the, the greatest days of my life. And, um, <laughs> but, um, but I just sat there and I was like, it just, it was just, I felt sorry for them like for like for like two minutes, and then eventually I just like <laughs> I just nah. care of them. But no, it's yeah, you're right. It's just, it's like you said, it's blind faith or it's hopeless. There's no there's no hope yeah. at all. Can we? I'm just gonna just turn the conversation just back to Argentina very quickly. And Cooks, I mean, we've talked obviously through Argentina the last few well years, obviously about them. You know, they're a rugby championship team. They have shown good performances. They've obviously won big away games in New Zealand, Australia, and England. And there's just something that's lacking that's just, they haven't really been put, able to put together a consistent run of performances and win every, like, win two or three matches in a row. Do you know, Cooks, do you have an idea of what that is? Is it just, you know, maybe just a lack of good players? Is it, you know, Michael Checker, we know obviously how temperamental he is. Like, what is that thing that's missing for Argentina? Because, I mean, out of all of the teams in that side of the draw, they're probably the ones best set up um, to actually make a big run. I do think for them, it is tough having the championship, you know, having to come up against the Springboks and the, and the All Blacks. It's, it's always going to be hard for them to, like, you know, for them to string together wins. But I think for them, I think the disappointing part is, is when they've gone on interview tours where they have been in positions to sort of, Going a bit of a run, but I do think now, I, I do think now, and a check, I think Checker knows the side he wants. I think that's a big thing. And he's sort of been consistent in selection, barring the rugby championship where he rested the, the guys who were obviously playing overseas. But I, I, I think with them now, the way they're set up and the, the, the quality of players they have, is, I think it's going, to be, it's going to be massive. And I think for them with Checker, it's obviously like the biggest thing, I want to say Argentina must be the, the most frustrating job in world rugby because. Discipline, it, like it's the same thing every every game for them. It's like, can you just be disciplined for two for just for three weeks in a row? Can we just not give away 15, 20 penalties? Can we not lose our best players to silly red, yellow cards? Or Marcus Kramer, I'm talking to you, and like like just <laughs> run into people's heads and then like lose your best player. Now you got oh, suspended. I think that that's always been the case where discipline has hurt them in games where they've been in games. 
and then a silly a silly penalty, a yellow card, yeah, and then they get blown away. So I think this year, I think they have the potential and the potential players, good coaching staff to sort of make a big run. And I'm, I am confident in them. I think because they do, they have, they have, they do have a good squad. And I, I looked at the games and they play when we played them. I think, especially the one in in Joburg, where I felt they probably felt like they should have actually won that game against us. And I think that the chances to do it. And I think the brand of rugby they play, the pack is good. I mean, Montoya is arguably one of the best hookers in the world. Um, and then you look at the backs of the, it's just, Bofeli is incredible. So, and I, I just think, Carreras is amazing. Oh, Carreras is amazing. So it's just, it's just such, there's just such good players there. And I, and I, and I think this year, it, it could be, and, and Orange tend to get to the semifinal every second World Cup. You know, they missed 2019, 2015, the way there, and 2011 bombed out and 2007, the men the semifinal. So, if the if the omens keep going their way, so they they definitely due to be back in the semifinals this year. Yeah, they love a European tournament. They love tournaments after every eight years. So <laughs> things are setting up well for them to make another big semifinal run. But the team that's maybe taken or possibly a second over from England being the second favourites in this pool is Samoa, and yeah. they obviously had a great. Um, warm-up game against Ireland a week ago. They probably could have and should have won. Um, they've been really consistent in the Pacific Island or Pacific Nations Cup as well. And they've been, I think, the team the most um, assisted by the change in eligibility laws for, for world rugby. I mean, them getting, you know, Charlie Famuina, Jeffrey Tumaga Allen, and, and fly halves like Christian Lealefano and Lima Sopoaga has made them such a well-structured rugby team that can play just good rugby. And then you add the likes of Theo McFarland, who I think is probably one of the most underrated players in the world. Yeah, in the world very, right now. very good. And UJC Uteni probably also has an argument for that as well. Like, Sam, they, they're a very dangerous side. And I mean, yeah, like England should obviously be more than careful of them. But I mean, that's a team that can make a good run in the quarterfinals themselves. Well, once again, we're talking about um, an Islander side having structure and having a framework and having a strategy, which is what you're referencing there with the types of people that they're able to bring into that Samoa side. It gives them that. And uh, it hasn't quite manifested itself in the same way with Tonga. Um, we've obviously spoken at length about the way that Fiji have have embraced uh, a better set piece and a, a, a better strategy as far as uh, positioning themselves around the park, and that's what Samoa have as well. And I think I think they I think I picked out their game, their last game, England's last game against each other is going to be box office. Mm. Uh, I think I think uh, England lose against Argentina, uh, they beat Japan, they beat Chile, but they then have to beat Samoa to make the uh, to make the, the quarterfinals and. A lot of those Samoan players uh, have uh, history, uh, beef, whatever you want to call it with English rugby. They play their rugby here. They've played their rugby here. They know what they're getting involved with. I think it's going to be an absolutely stonking game, that last pool game in this in this, uh, in this this pool. England versus Samoa. Put it in your diary. Do not miss it. Cooks, yeah, like what's the, what's the, what's the recipe there for Samoa? What's, what, I mean... The, the the England game is far, but I think they just also have to make sure they keep their eyes on, you know, Japan and Chile as well, because, I mean, Japan's going through a bit of a rough patch now, but, you know, they're a proven, experienced team. So there's, I think, a bit more hope that they can turn things around, like we've been talking about with some of the other teams as well. And 
Chile are just obviously the feel-good story of the World Cup. It's their first World Cup. They've got a team just ready to, you know, just 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 make some noise there. There is a because if I'm not mistaken, I think Argentina and England are the last two games for Samoa. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think but, so. So there is that possibility, because that though they could sort of fall asleep at the wheel in those first two games and ruin their World Cup if they lose to Japan or some oh um Chile. Yeah, I think that's I think for them uh, a great start is key. I think for them before you then look at England and and Argentina, I think for Samoa it's imperative for them to go two from two against Chile and and Japan. I think just to get the momentum going because I think they will they know they can put up performance against Argentina and Samoa and and and, and Argentina even then the, the game they can target or both of them. But I think what's crucial for them is just to put pressure on. England and Argentina is by winning the first two and getting the ball rolling. I think with, with Samoa, I think the big thing for them is, unlike Fiji, they, they probably not, not spend as much time together, but the sort of players that's coming in, the, the, the quality that's coming in, I mean, I think when we, when we first saw their squad, we said they're probably the most balanced out of the, the, out of the Pacific, Pacific um, Islanders. And I think for them, uh, before they even think about England and Argentina, they have to be two from two. That's the England, the Japan game is going to be. I think it's going to be a very good game. Japan, obviously, yeah, the, they do have things. They're still, yeah, something's not right in that camp. I just feel I think they have hit the wall now in the in the Jamie Joseph era. Obviously, he's leaving, but I think for them, Samoa, the most important thing is winning those first two games. I think, but both pools are so similar in terms of C and D of what, just getting off to a good start. And I think Samoa is desperate for. Will be desperate to get off well. And I think I just think that momentum of winning two games and then being able to attack Argentina and England at full tilt. I think if they do not want any of they they would not want to have a Samoa side that's flying, having to deal with that. E- either one of those sides because they would have lost a game in England Argentina. So Samoa is a fun game to try and turn your World Cup campaign around. And um so I think Samoa can actually can benefit from the fact that England, Argentina might, they're catching one team that will be desperate. And I think Samoa can pip one of those. And, and I'm, I'm still not sure which one. I think it will probably depend on who, the one that loses that opening game. But so if I'm Samoa, first things first, goal number one, winning those first two games. The flip side to that, though, argument, though, Cooks, is, is Japan aren't Georgia, for instance, and Chile aren't Uruguay. So, so there, there are, you know, to, to, to sort of replace those two teams with a profile of a player, of a team that's slightly better, you know, they're, 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 they're not. Japan aren't, aren't going to be as much of a problem for Samoa than, than, than say, Georgia are. And, and Chile aren't going to be that as, as difficult. So, so the flip side to what you're saying is if they do get those two wins, it's massive. And so in a way, I know, I know what you're trying to say, you know, you've got to avoid, you know, losing to them. But I don't think Samoa do. I don't think they do. And I, I, I think Samoa actually are, are in a much better place than, than, than we've almost thought about with, with their group. And they get those two wins and then they go hell for leather against Argentina and England. And I, I think it works out well for them personally. But, hey, I've been wrong before countless times <laughs> and I could well be wrong again. <laughs> no, that Samoa team is a scary team. And mm. in my little bracket, I quickly talked about your bracket, I have a tasty Fijian Samoa quarterfinal. That's oh, goodness to look me. Forward to. That would be brilliant for World Belts and braces, that is, oh, isn't it? I mean, to bring your hat and everything, it would be incredible. 
What would that measure in the rector scale? I wonder. Some of those <laughs> ridiculous. The man, like, uh, whoever wins a game, I don't have any players for the semifinal. This is by default. Yeah. Go straight to the third place playoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leave with the bronze medal, we're fine. <laughs> no, look, there is, and I kind of wish it happens. I, I wish at least one of those teams goes far, and I wouldn't mind one of Fiji, Georgia, or Samoa, whoever, just going to a semi final. Mm. It would be boring after all of this and some of the pre World Cup stuff. And like Cook said, <laughs> it would mean that. You know, World Cup warm-ups and build-ups and four-year cycles don't mean much, which maybe is a good thing, actually, in some ways. But if Argentina, England, and Wales actually make this from, you know, how they've looked the last few months and years, like, that would be such a, you know, a cold bucket of water poured over, I think, a lot of rugby fans. Uh, uh, Indeed. Indeed. But yeah, I think just to take a bit of a wider look, and then we can um, finish this off with maybe a few predictions. Cooks, is this the most important week one or weekend one of a Rugby World Cup? Because there's a lot of, you know, Team X needs to win to get a run. Team Y needs to make sure that this team doesn't win because, because this can set up a few teams and there's a lot of teams that need momentum either because of just bad runs of form or just to prove something to themselves. Is this the most important week one you've, you, you can think of? A hundred percent. I think in... Probably most sporting tournaments I can think of in the media, like just the amount of implications there are just in the first weekend and how many teams need to get off to a good start and how a bad loss here and there can, can just set a, a terrible trend for, 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 for some of the sides. I mean, we know everyone wants to win every game, but I mean, it's, it's, it's massive for, it's a massive opening weekend. I mean, I think New Zealand and France <laughs> doesn't matter much because you, you get in the box of Ireland probably in the, in the quarterfinal. So it's, 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 it's sort of fun. It's sort of, it's sort of a tough way out. But I think you look at South Africa, Scotland, I mean, Scotland, that's, that game is massive for them. I mean, they, it's definitely earmarked in the calendar. Um, France and France, New Zealand's it's incredible. That's an incredible opener. I mean, hopefully you can just keep, Oaks fit. I don't think they should train for the rest of the week, both sides, just to rock up on Friday and play rugby because every day <laughs> people seem to be dropping out of injuries. But you look at this side, the other side of the pool, oh man, it's, it's, it's an incredible weekend of rugby to kick off at arguably what could be the best ever World Cup, the most mm. open. So I think it's such a perfect way to start. It's going to be a terrible weekend to be a television screen and a beer. I mean, like it's just, <laughs> the games are the, the games are stacked nicely as well. So I, I'm I, I I'm actually like I'm I, I can't wait. Um, oh, I, 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 this World Cup I've been excited for so long. I can't believe it's actually around the corner and it's right here. It's, it's the week <laughs> of the World Cup. Uh, there's, so, there's, there's been so many stories leading up to this. I mean, so yeah, no, it's, I think it's going to be the best opening weekend of, of rugby World Cup history, and it's, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think the one thing that none no um, rugby content producer wants to do because he'll definitely anger some people. We won't do all the predictions for finals and all that sort of stuff, but let's at least do predictions for who's coming out of their groups. Um, oh, and have this be replayed to us as fans of Romania and Portugal laugh at us for not picking uh, them. Uh, Sam, let's put you on the spot first for pool A, maybe the easiest one of the two. You don't even have to do an order if necessarily, yeah. just the two teams you think are coming out. 
Yeah, so I mean, obviously, th- this is quite super straightforward. Um, I would say, you know, France and Italy both make it out of the group. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, what a terrible dream. Uh, France and New Zealand make it out of the group. That That's relatively straightforward. I'm not going to answer any other groups. Is that all right? So I'll just stick with <laughs> group A. <laughs> thanks for sure. I mean, thanks, I'm Sam, for joining us. I see you just um, logged out of the pod now. <laughs> yeah, bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> okay, so France and 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 New Zealand there. Cooks, you want to disagree there? And Capuzzo? No. no, unfortunately, not. I mean, I mean, I could throw in Namibia there, just keep it keep it African, but no, <laughs> no, it's definitely no. France, New Zealand. Yeah, that seems to be the one there. Pool B. Um, cooks, yeah, let's let's get spicy now. How much do you love Finn Russell? Let's see. I love him enough for them to not lose to Tonga and upset, but I'll still come third. That's that's where the love is. <laughs> that's where the that's, <laughs> that's, that's where the love is. I think your yeah, Springboks and Ireland will get through. Sam, yeah, I I think so too. Uh, and I think it's a crying shame for Scotland. I really do. I think they're going to be the best side not to get out of their group by a long, long way. And we're all going mm. to bemoan it. And we're going to say that how wonderful the competition would be uh, if Scotland could just transfer themselves over to England's group um, and uh, and make their way out. But I don't think, I think, I think Ireland and, and South Africa will do the job. But Sam, to be fair, I mean, Scotland's already won their World Cup. They beat England earlier this year. So, I mean, yeah. everything else is, <laughs> everything else is elementary at the moment. It yeah. does. It does. Pales into <laughs> insignificance. You're right. I'm going to have a small hot take of South Africa Island, but everyone loses a game. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I like, I that. like that. I think I have a small feeling about Scotland this weekend, causing a bit of upset amongst the racks with the Springboks. And then I think it'll be uh, South Africa beats Ireland, Ireland beats um, Scotland later. We'll we'll see. But yeah, it might come down to some bonus points and points differences. And Scotland might Uh, not stacking up the points against Romania or something like that. So that's my little prediction there. But that's if you asked me a few weeks ago, I was maybe leaning towards maybe Scotland actually pushing out the box. But yeah, the box obviously came back in hot form in the last few weekends, as we talked about. We'll see. Let's get spicy now, Cooks. What, what, who's, who's coming out there? Oh, after my you know that, after Yeah, my You know, I'm, I've already said Fiji and Georgia, so I'm sticking to that. What do you think? Oh, this, I hate this so much. Um, <laughs> I think Fiji goes through. And Australia. Sorry, Sam. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I was tempted with that. But no, you have actually talked me out of that because of all your chat about Carter Gordon and all of that not being ready. <laughs> it's, Fiji versus, it's Fiji and Wales. On go the boys. It'll be fine. It'll be absolutely nothing to worry about. Warren Gatland all the way. So not a repeat of um, Fiji losing. Uh, I mean, Wales losing to Fiji in Nantes in, in 2007. I don't Great. think Wales have ever lost uh, against Western Samoa or Fiji or <laughs> Romania. Or I think they're absolutely fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think Fair Wales enough. have any sort of history of losing uh, World Cup games against lesser nations. So I Sam, think we're okay. Sam, you're right. I mean, like, it's, like, it's like us South Africans. Like, I don't ever recall us playing Japan before 2019. <laughs> yeah, that was our first game, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, Well, there we go. Selective memory it helps us all. <laughs> yeah a shout out to the bbc scrum five rugby podcast they had a great um, podcast looking back at that 2007 loss 
Mm. Coaches and former players and supporters and TV pundits about just, you know, and some Fiji players as well. And I think I think it was a great retrospective pod. So maybe if you're a Welsh fan, listen to it after yeah. um, the, the weekend's game. Yeah. I know. And then Sam, finally, Pool D. What, yeah. How do we make sense of that one? I don't. Um, <laughs> so Argentina will make it out of that pool. And it's been lovely uh, being on the podcast. Thanks very much. Uh, I will, <laughs> I will, I will see you. I will see you later. I don't. Um, I think I. I so let, let's go for it. Argentina and Samoa to to win thirteen uh, ten against uh, against England in that last ball game and and, and make it through. Go on then, uh, Argentina and Samoa. Okay, oh, I love that. I love it. I love I, I even put a score prediction in there. I mean, that, that is death by Twitter, <laughs> isn't it? That is death by Twitter. The amount of people are going to get in contact with me after England win. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Once Borthwick um, deceives everyone with his running rugby plan after <laughs> showing weeks of scrum and rolling more footage. <laughs> Crooks, drown us off. Here's my hot take for the World Cup. You guys ready? Mm. England yeah. wins. All four pool games. Oh wow. my god! Oh my gets god! Get to the quarterfinals, wins the semi-final, and they get in the final again. Come wow! And then, uh, nurse, then nurse, he's out of his through. bed. He's out of his bed. Nurse, he's out of his bed. <laughs> get him medicated. I, I, I've said in this for a while now. It was either between them or Australia. England, and Australia have one radical, someone to. I, I do think one of the, one of the sides in the, this group is getting a final. I was caught because. Mm. Wrestling between England and Australia, the fun place for South Africans to, to figure out who to choose from. I think England get through, win all five, all four games, and they get find themselves somehow, somewhere in a World Cup final. If I'll put my address on the link if you want to come fight me. I think, I think that will happen. If I win Steve Borthwick, you can send me <laughs> an ale of my choice. I'll send you my address I'll as well. I'll tell you what, more than that, more than that, he Goodness. needs to send you a lot more than that. He's on about seven hundred grand a year. He needs to send you at least a hundred. Jeez, yeah, I don't. I'll yeah, take well, the deal. Well, Cooks, yeah, fair. You know, fair play. You know, everyone, everyone has their dreams, don't they? Um, but <laughs> everyone, everyone has their fantasies. But you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've hardly met, but you're wrong. Okay, you're wrong. I've lost out on Finn Russell, so I did go second base. I did go second base with Owen Farrell, yeah. So that's my next bit. Dear me. Wow. Books, I think that's one way of ending off a podcast. And yeah, I'm not even sure what to do with that. And England ran after all of this with, yo, I don't even know. Like, the, Imagine the if he's of, right. Imagine if he's month. right. Imagine, Imagine if he's right. This is going to be this... the worst thing in the world because it's all very well saying these things, but actually being right, that would be incredible. He'd be like king yeah. of Twitter. He, he, there would be nobody able to touch him. Remember that time <laughs> that I predicted this whole thing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying if to work do... out how... Sorry, go on, Clicks. And if they do win it, Jesus, then I'm like, oh, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll do what Eddie Jones should have done and, and not make a single rugby takeover again after Never. that. Yeah, just say, just survive off that one. Just say, yeah. that was my take. <laughs> just keep on spieling it. Brilliant. Fantastic. I wonder, I, I just can't think of how the English press reacts to that. Like, 
if they do go on a run of wins, do they all retract everything they said about Borthwick and the players and everything? And then right. if they do then lose to a <laughs> in the final, is it the so English should have won the final? They had all the players and you know Clive Woodward coming with the hit piece on Borthwick. Like oh, how will yeah. the English so, media react to that. So Danny Cipriani has just launched his serialized oh, book. Um, yeah. He, yeah, and it's just, it's just literally. I mean, the, the, I was saying this earlier. It's literally like England at the moment is like you know a dead body. We got a really sad, horrible murder scene, dead body, and then you find out the dead body has been mutilated, and and it's just, <laughs> it's just horrible. That's where we are right now. Danny Cipriani has come along and he's urinating on this dead body, and it's just everything's like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. Danny Cipriani's going. There's a there's a piece in the newspaper this, uh, today in the UK about Eddie Jones perving on Kirsty Gallagher, one of his ex girlfriends. It's horrendous. It's oh, absolutely oh, horrendous. Oh, it's, he's taking everyone with him, right? And, and right, but as we've just found out from Cooks, England are going to turn it around. They're going to win their four group games. They're going to breeze through to the final and, and probably win it with a drop goal off uh, off Owen Farrell's left uh, left peg. And and they're going to win it. And Danny Cipriani's book is going to die an absolute death. No one will read <laughs> it. It will be an absolute disaster for him. So there you go. Maybe that's maybe Cooks is in on the plan. Maybe that's what's happening. <laughs> Danny Cipriani's uh, book agent right now is banking on the England loss against Argentina. Of course that's, he is. Of course he is. Exactly he sells 10,000 more copies. He sells 10,000 more copies of England than the Australia. He become New York bestseller uh, uh, on Monday. Argentina. Oh, no. On Monday, we wanted to Danny Cipriani, the New York bestseller <laughs> author. After if they do lose on the weekend, I mean, jeepers! Like, oh man, like, that's going to be like, oh, that's going to be a fascinating. Do do, do have a look print. at some of these. Do have a look at some of these extracts that are being printed in the press at the moment. Oh, it's been serial, serialized in the Sun and the Times. It's it's horrendous. Oh, it's you just horrendous. have to say the Sun had it, and that's I know, enough. I know it's awful. Anyway, 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 that's not place to leave it. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. What fun no. has been been on your podcast? Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam. Thank you so much for your time, for your expertise and your excitement. I think it's clear just from us listening here that you're super excited for this. As yeah. we all, as we all are, are, I think yeah. we are just looking forward to, you know, the, these next few weeks of rugby are just going to be fantastic. And I think there's something for everyone. There's a few narratives and storylines. There's some great teams. There's some dodgy teams. There's everything in between as well. And I'm sure this next eight weeks will go th- with a lot of things to talk about, a lot of controversy, a few Twitter meltdowns per day, probably, <laughs> and some great rugby to talk about. So well, thank I you hope, so much, Sam. Yeah, and I hope, look, I'll, I'll end with this, is a party political broadcast, uh, in a way, uh, on behalf mm. of just being nice to each other. You know, it is a Rugby World Cup, but, you know, social media is is can be a little bit of an okay corral at times. Let's just step away occasionally if it gets too much. Just realize that we're all people. We're all <laughs> yes. rugby fans. We're all nice guys. Yeah, okay, we might say something that you disagree with or we might say something about your team, but let's just keep it keep it pleasant, keep it nice. You know, We don't need to use the block button or anything like that. Just, just try and get on with each other. The Rugby World Cup is about one thing, the word world. We're all supposed to be coming together. I know that sounds really cliche and a little glib, but... It is. I love it because actually I get to speak to people like you. I get to speak to people from Argentina, Australia, mm. Japan, all these different places. That's what it's about. It's about it's about getting to love this wonderful and weird and crazy game that we all that we all uh, enjoy so much. And Cooks, you are playing World Union for the whole week, right? <laughs> I am. I'm not, I'm not listening to a single a single a single song. 
uh, after that, actually, I've, I've only been playing the PJ Powers version just to bring back '95, <laughs> and then um, yeah, so that's, that's my plan. That's my plan for the week. Who's the? Sorry to go on with this. Is it Paloma Faith, the one that's yeah. in the 2015 yeah. weird version yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, goodness. Well, I don't know why you brought that up. We were all enjoying it, <laughs> and you just brought up Paloma Faith. Yeah, you're goodness. wrong. That's, that's, Look, that's horrible. Go on. I think as go. South Bye-bye. Africans, we have a special relationship with that song. And every yeah. time the World Cup goes north, it just seems yeah. like that song just gets messed up. If it's not yeah. the English, it's the French. Like there's always, yeah, it seems like um, that lot on the other side of the world, they do some crazy things with that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope not. But uh, yeah, should be a fantastic tournament. Really, really Thank, good. Looking yeah. forward to it. Thank you so much, Sam. And thank you so much, Cooks and Jared in his absence. And thank you to you, listener. Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the Rugby Bits podcast. We are going to be trying to pump out some content as much as possible. There's obviously a ton to talk about. There's going to be a few things on your podcast feed during the course of the week. And yeah, things that you can listen to in the build-up for the Rugby World Cup. Everyone that's traveling to France, safe travels. Um, please meet up with other rugby fans from around the world and yeah, share some stories and share a few um, drinks as well. And yeah, let's hope we can look forward to some great rugby and some great talking points. And yeah, like um, Sam has said, we, and maybe Cooks or via PJ Powers is saying, we can all be a rugby world and union after this. Thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Thank you.